What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. to a special edition of a show that doesn't have a name. I guess I called it Let's Talk About It. Uh, I don't want to get sued by PW Insider for We Don't Need No Stinking Name. That wouldn't be that wouldn't be fun. I'm Jeremy Lambert. You are on Fightful Overbooked. If you're here, leave a thumbs up on the video. Leave a comment. Leave a, leave a super chat. You do that. That's always fun. We love the super chats. Uh, get your question, comment, statement read on air. It is WrestleMania week. It's the biggest week of the year, so I've been told. Last week, last year, it was stupendous. I don't know what it is this year. Monumentous, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. It's something. It's something in the world of WWE and the world of wrestling. I got a lot to talk about. I missed the spotlight last week. Had some personal stuff going on, as uh, people who follow me on Twitter know. But everything is fortunately very good. Everything's good, uh, and. Things are going to be okay. So I'm back this week covering the the fun the fun week of WrestleMania week. But there was a lot to talk about that kind of missed last week, uh, namely CM Punk and going going on Instagram and quickly deleting his comments on Instagram. So he he burned some bridges. We're going to be joined by yes, I said we're I'm we as in a collective us all of us here on the, the fightful overbooked community uh gonna be joined by kate and and phil kate from about every other show on this channel that you see phil from of course Grapsody saturdays at noon eastern here on the channel i'm gonna be talking about cm punk and aew and that whole situation with myself that's gonna be at 1 30 p.m eastern here about a half hour from now at 2 p.m eastern mike from mike from indeed indeed is uh live Wednesdays, Wednesday evenings at six o'clock here on Overbooked. Mike from Indy is going to be joining me to talk about the the week in independent wrestling for WrestleMania week. It's the biggest week of the year for independent wrestling. Arguably the biggest show of the year, which I would you know is spring break. We are going to be talking to Mike about the, the week of independent wrestling coming up. And then at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, we'll be joined by my good pal, SP3, who you know on this channel from FMC or from True Hill Heat or from various other places doing writings and stuff. But SB3 is going to be joining me to talk about WrestleMania 39. So plenty to talk about here on this show. Uh, Ryan asked, will Lambs be making WrestleMania predictions? I hope so. Uh, I had plans to... So we're going to peel back the curtain a little bit because I don't want to get into... Uh, too much of the, the topical stuff until I'm joined by my guests here. So uh, to peel back the curtain a little bit, I was going to record like the actual lambs stuff this past weekend. 
stuff came up this past weekend. And so I didn't get a chance to record any of it. And now I'm into the fire with just how busy the actual week of WrestleMania week is. So I'm going to try to do something uh, with lambs and doing some type of WrestleMania predictions with the lambs, but it, it's all about time management. And, you know, since Thursday to yesterday, uh, I haven't had a whole lot of time to focus on wrestling and, and worry about that kind of stuff. So I'm making the, the best of, of these situations here. Uh, if you're looking for tag talk today, Haley and Kylie are taking the week off. Everything is well there. They will be back next week. Haley will be back next week. I know Kylie has been having a lot of, on the different guests and everything, but Haley, we will be back next week. Tag talk 3 p.m. Eastern on Monday. Uh, they will be talking all the fallout from WrestleMania. Uh, Ryan, appreciate you, Ryan. Uh, it was a scary moment on Thursday morning when I got that phone call and then driving to, uh, driving to North Carolina and then getting to the hospital and doctor said it was, touch and go, which, uh, not something you want to hear. He said, touch and go for the next 24 hours. And he said the next 24 to 48 hours are critical. Fortunately, again, thank you to everybody. Uh, fortunately he pulled through and he's doing much better and it's going to be a long recovery, a uh, long road of recovery, but he's here and, and that's what matters. Uh, so yeah, it was a, it was a weekend. I'm, I'm looking forward to this week to get my mind uh away away from that knowing that he's uh doing well now thanks thanks for wrestling podcast and hope you're doing well man i saw you were at the um you can correct me if i'm wrong on this uh, a couple of things you were at the aw house rules i wish i'd gone to that show now because i i it's about three hours away uh from me but still could have made that drive uh but i i wish i i wish i had known that because i would have gone and we would have hung out the the original cm punk source the pro wrestling podcast i uh, Sean sent me to do another article because he commented on the Dax post uh, with Steve Kern's book. So I did, I did that article. I think Wednesday night is when that comment came out. So yeah, the, the, the only CM Punk source you can trust is the pro wrestling podcast, Instagram page. That's the only CM Punk source that you can trust. Did I watch BTE to see how they did Will son dirty by showing him Mr. Shot? I did not, but I saw Will message that or tweet that. Should I invite Will? I'll invite Will and see if he wants to talk about it briefly. So the, there's no concept for this show. There's no, there is sort of a format, but I'm going to continue to to peel back the curtain. And thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Taylor, uh, for uh, the, the good wishes on my dad and Pro Wrestling Podcast as well. He's he's doing well and, you know, fingers crossed it, it stays that way. I'll send this message to uh, Will Washington. He can go run in on my show for once. Um to continue to to pull back the curtain on this um i did during my drive during my drive uh listen to a lot of sports sports talk radio that's that's what i like to listen to during drives i like to listen to a lot of podcasts sometimes music but largely just a lot of podcasts catch up on and sports podcasts because i spend all of my day listening to wrestling podcasts and wrestling interviews so it's nice to actually listen to other stuff that i'm interested in, like nba and nhl so I listen to the Lost Boys Talk podcast. And it, my favorite show is the Dan Patrick show. And I always wondered like if that concept could work in the world of wrestling. I know Busted Open does their show and they do a great job. Uh, shout out to Denise Alcedo getting the job at Busted Open every Saturdays. Busted Open does, does a great job. And I really admire that like they do a three-hour wrestling show every single 
every single day. That's tough. I always wondered if there was like more room for that in, in wrestling and just like put it on YouTube and just kind of have it be a radio show format, but you're not, you don't have the restrictions of, you would obviously want ads and stuff, but you don't have restriction of like commercial breaks and things like that. So I always wondered how that would work. And I thought that like, there's so many people in the world of wrestling and I'm, I'm talking like just the content creators that are out there, uh, independent wrestlers, AEW, WWE. There's so many people in the world of wrestling. And what I love about like these, these sports talk shows is like, Oh, Hey, college basketball is going on. Let's have a college basketball expert on the show to talk about March Madness. Uh, the NFL draft is coming up. Let's have an NFL expert coming on the show. Cause a lot of times in our pro wrestling bubble and everything, like we want to try to cover everything. We want to be plugged into everything, but I'm not plugged in to certain stuff. And some people have expertise in other areas that their voices should be heard a little bit more. So I thought of that concept doing it daily seems very, very tough. Um, it's not even like an original concept or anything. It's literally, it's sports talk radio. Uh, but I thought it was just going to be cool to, to maybe do something like that at some point down the line of like, Hey, you know, who, who's like a big CM Punk person since that's the news. And that's why I reached out to Phil and Kate who, who is big in the independent. And Mike actually reached out to me cause I was looking for guests and I was like, yes, this is actually perfect. Mike, like, come on, talk indie wrestling with me. And then WWE kind of everybody covers that. And I reached out to SB three because I like SB three. Uh, so that, that's kind of how that came up, but like, you know, ROH people just covering ROH, the history of ROH, just history of wrestling in, in general. It's, you know, it's, uh, again, not an original concept. It's a daily sports talk wrestling show, I guess. It's something I might play around with in the future. This is almost a dry run of things. Uh, Louis says, I, I want a Levitard type show mocking of a daily hot take wrestling show <laughs> so bad. Um, I mean, I'd probably do a lot of a lot of that. I think people know that uh, I'm not I'm not very serious when it comes to the world of professional wrestling. I just tweeted that WrestleMania is going to end with CM Punk and FTR coming out to confront Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. You know, that that's how WrestleMania is going to end. Everybody get ready for it. People take me serious on this stuff. And people are like, oh, yeah, no, but contracts, they can't actually do that. Have you heard of these things called contracts? Yeah, I have. I don't care about them. Pro wrestling contracts are written on napkins. Like that's only one company, not all. Co- sorry, sorry, sorry. That's only that's only a certain company or two. Uh, it's not every single company. Um, yeah, I know about contracts, everybody. I understand that's not going to happen. Just throwing ideas out there. Just throwing ideas out there. See, I wouldn't want to do it as like a solo thing because I stuff is tough. Like it's it's really tough to do. That's why I would want my guests and everything on. Uh, I I need like Caden on just so I could uh, bully him the entire time. I feel like that would be good if I could just have Caden on every week or every day to to bully. Uh, I think that that could that dynamic could work at least i have someone then to to interact and play off with but yeah i don't i don't think i'm very good as like a a solo type thing that's why i like talking to the chat like i'm glad you guys are here and sending messages because otherwise i don't know what i would be talking about uh for these 30 minutes while i wait for for guests to come on so yeah i would i would want uh, a secondary person or two to just kind of banter 
back and forth with. It would make interviews a lot easier too. I, I'm thinking because uh, Cowherd's got like whoever he had Christina Lehi for uh, for a little bit, right? So it, it uh, she was there for a little bit. I, I watched a lot of Mike and Mike growing up. Uh, so I think of them, even if it's Dan Patrick has, you know, the Danettes, uh, Levitard has, has his people. Everybody has like McAfee has his people. Like it's solo, but you got just other, other people there with you to kind of banter and, and play off of. And I feel like that's definitely what, what I would need because I, yeah, an actual solo podcast, very, very tough. Uh, Alex Pulowski is, uh, God among men for doing that show as as long as he did just solo reviewing like NXT and all the shows that he did because I could not do a solo podcast. So that's why again I appreciate you guys. Uh appreciate you guys in the chat. Uh like I feel you one thousand percent. I tell everyone to watch any episode of Indeed but stay away from the ones I did solo. I used to I just recorded this in, in my bedroom, which is ironic because now I record in my bedroom. Uh when I was after college, I would just do like a podcast from from my bed and it was terrible. Like it, it was absolutely terrible, uh, just content and audio. And I was a lot younger, a lot less experienced than I am now. And talking like college football and stuff. And that's not my expertise at all. But like I was just I wanted to do something. This is always kind of what I wanted to do. So I would just yeah talk about that kind of stuff. And it wasn't the best yet. Yeah, the solo shows are tough. Alex says he doesn't know if he could go back to a solo now. It's tough, especially once you have someone that you, you're comfortable doing the shows with and everything. I'm going to send this link to Will Washington first, Katie, but then I'll bring you on just to see if I want to, uh, if I can just bury you the entire time and see how that dynamic works. Uh, right, let's send this to Will and see if he wants to defend his kid for, uh, from AEW. People have requested you to defend BTE editing. Or to, I guess they're not defending the editing. Pressing you to bury BTE editing. There we go. Okay, I just the streamyard, which was not what I meant to do, but that's okay. All right, all right, Caden, I'll send you this link, and and you, you need to you need to know your role, Caden, and your role is to sit here and just kind of make comments every now and again. And then I say mean things to you. That's your role. Uh, yeah, stand up for Billy is uh, what needs to happen. Uh, that's why Will Washington needs to come on here. All right, let's uh, let's see how all of this rolls. And again, this was very put together last second, but I appreciate everyone everyone tuning in. I appreciate my guests for jumping on last second as well. Hey, there's Will Washington. How you doing, buddy? Good. About to do dishes. Oh, see, I'm getting you out of dishes for uh, a minute or two. So you're welcome. Yeah, probably. They're piled up, though. So at some point, I probably really have to do those. Oh, when you got kids, you know how it is. The dishes just, you can't go a day and then they're all dirty. And then you got to do that. You got to do dishes like hourly, it feels like. At least three times a day. Yeah, at least. Well, how you doing? I, I apologize that I missed Day After Dynamite. I hope it was a, a great show. And I wanted you on here because... Uh, yeah, you, you gotta... didn't ambush Joel Pearl. I thought that was of all people. Who... Well, 
Well, I, I don't know if you saw Will, but, but my dad wasn't doing well. And so I um, actually had to make a very, uh, very quick trip to North Carolina, like very unplanned trip to North Carolina to be with him because they were very worried about him. So, yeah, I didn't have time to ambush Joel. Hope all is good now then. All is all is well, which is which is very good to hear. But it was it was a uh, scary, scary, scary hours uh, for a couple of days last week. Uh, Will defend or defend your son Billy and bury BTE editing because they made him look like he can't shoot out here. Yeah, so he made the, I, I, okay. So obviously he didn't win at the horse uh, that was won by Jade Carfield, but. Uh, he made, I think, like two or three shots, uh, but they only showed the one shot that he absolutely missed. And I get why. It was because it was immediately followed by Brandon Cutler's attempt, and Brandon Cutler, you know, falls on his face. Ha, ha, ha. It's Brandon Cutler stuff. And so you see Billy make his shot, and then he misses, and then Brandon Cutler attempts, and then he misses. And so there's really no reason to show why he didn't make it, but I felt like, oh, my son, like, He's in basketball camp every summer. This is a kid who, like, plays basketball. At the next AEW show you go to, which I don't know, what's, what's the next one you're going to? Forbidden Door? Double or Nothing? Double or Nothing's the next one. Okay. So at Double next or Nothing. Next one my kids will be at is, like, a random dynamite in June. I think it's okay. June, I want to say 9th, maybe? Okay. It, it, it's, it's better if the kids are there. This is actually a much better uh, thing to do. Okay. So the dynamite in June go backstage, kick in the elite door. You got to kick it in and you got to be like, apologize to my kid right now for the way you treated him on the March 27th episode of being the elite. That's what you got to do. You point to Omega. You say, Kenny, you say, Nick, what if there's a dog Matt? behind one of the doors though? And we're not worried about that. Clearly, clearly nobody's <laughs> worried about that. <laughs> That's what you got to do. You got to kick in the door with the four, four, Saying, and they're going to say, Will Washington, don't hurt me no more. It's a good biggie reference. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I know a little bit. Not much, but I know a little bit. Well, I, I appreciate that. Throw a chair. You got <laughs> you to call these people out. Otherwise, they won't know. We have to get hit them. with the chair if it's to be accurate. But uh, either way, no, I, he, he did a good job and he had fun. Like, honestly, I do say that those AEW charity events are like, uh, they're fun. Um, and kind of knowing that things are going to a good cause. Like if you ever see, because uh, they're put on by um, Caitlin Borden, who is uh, Sting's daughter-in-law. Um, she is the uh, head of AEW together. And then also Amanda Huber has been pretty much with, that department since it opened and they're always putting those events together. I know they've got some stuff planned that I'm not going to spoil for them for double or nothing weekend. Um, but if you were at the last double or nothing, you should kind of know what to expect. Do you do is give me another concert. I guess you can't spoil it, but no, nah, I won't say what any of it is, but uh, they've got a cool scoops here. They've got a cool community event that they're putting on. Um, yeah, there's there's other scoops about Double or Nothing Weekend that again, not gonna spoil, but uh well, I, like, it's, so it's like five dollar content. I can't do that. DM me so I can pre-write the story, okay? <laughs> I, I stay ahead of the game. That's that's how I that's how I stay in this job. If if you are either one step ahead or you're five steps behind, well, you know this. Yeah, probably. 
<laughs> well, do you want to plug anything? Thank you for coming on to Barry BTE. That's going to be the headline out of the show right here. I mean, I, I have a lot going on because this is WrestleMania week. And so I will be uh, co-hosting the WrestleMania post shows on Fightful this weekend. Uh, I will also be... We've got Ask Grapsity this Wednesday. Uh, no, Thursday. I don't know when it is, but it's going to be on Fightful Select. So subscribe to Fightful Select. You'll know when Ask Grapsity is. We've got Grapsity this weekend. Uh, and then working on doing a hybrid of two. Uh, I've got Day After Dynamite, by the way. This uh, technically like depends on where you are. Wednesday night because it's, a, uh, it's Dad After Dark. And then I'm traveling to L.A., uh, gonna do a, a hybrid show, hopefully, of two of my main podcasts, but working on getting some of my co-hosts committed to that. Uh, and so, hopefully, all should be good. But doing a whole lot of podcasts this week. Good. Stay busy, Will Washington. Uh, very few people work harder than you. I think maybe the only person who does are also just part of this Fightful team. Uh, and one is your co-host every Sunday. She's the only person that works harder than any of us. Oh, yeah. And she's, by the way, she's not the one who's not committed to the show that we're trying to plan. If anything, it's her idea. Uh, so she's the one that's in. There you go. Everyone follow Will on Twitter. Everyone watch Grapsody. I don't think I have the Twitter banners up. I'm sorry. This is a very unprofessional All good. show. Very unprofessional. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you for coming on on very short notice. Enjoy doing the dishes. Uh, and there, that was exciting. I see flipping the camera around or just freeze. I didn't know if you were flipping the camera to show your dishes. That would be great content. Um, I mean, I, I guess I can. Like I said, it's like really piled up. Like, oh, I man. To do here. Oh, <laughs> so. That looks like our house. Yeah. The dishes, they pile up with the kids. Will, thank you again, buddy. Uh, I'll see you on Day After Dynamite After Dark. I'm sure I'll make a run in this week. I'll be Thanks, back. Jeremy. Peace. Peace Bye. All right. That was Will Washington, everybody. Caden is here for like five seconds to, to get buried. Why does everybody got these on their phone settings? What are you doing? I'm, at, I'm, in a, I'm on campus today. Doing what? Uh, I have a class in like 30 minutes. Great. You're already fired. This is awful, Caden. You, you, you're, you you're already you told fired. Me to come, you told me I had a role I had to play, Jeremy, so I'm waiting for you. Yeah, Joel Pearl says sound is awful. Cut him off. What, what, what kind of Mickey Mouse microphone are you using? My AirPods. You don't even have AirPods in. Do you have AirPods yes, I in? Do. It's right here. Oh, your microphone still sounds awful. This is a terrible operation we're running. Great chat, Caden. All right. Glad Caden can pop in to do nothing. Uh, uh, Mike says, when you have kids, your dishes and laundry increase instantly uh, threefold. It 100% does. The Wife and I feel like that's like half of our day is just dishes and laundry. Otherwise, we don't. I don't know how we get anything else done. And then uh, for some reason, even though we spend half of our day doing dishes and laundry, we still don't have clothes and we still don't have anything to eat off of. It makes absolutely no sense. 
absolutely no sense of what goes on once you have kids and everything. Right? I hope everyone calls in on their phone. They might, given how short notice that I gave everybody, everybody might just be, Mike, are you going to be on your phone? Mike, uh, his back is hurting him. So he, I don't, he might be on his phone when, when he calls in. Uh, yeah, we, given the short notice that I, that I gave everybody, everybody might just be on their phones. All right. I'm going to send this link to, to Kate and Phil. This is a wildly unprofessional show so far, which would be exactly what it is. If I, for some reason, turn this into a daily show, which I don't want to do, but I'm very dumb with my ideas and it might end up happening at some point. All right, go. Oh, I've popped, I've popped the kids. Oh, kids are, I got to watch my mouth now. <laughs> I was about to say, say something and I had to, to watch myself. Um, oh, <laughs> all right. The link has been sent to Phil. Uh, the, the link has been sent to, to Kate. They are going to talk about CM Punk as he lit the world on fire last week with his Instagram comments that he quickly, quickly deleted. Look at it. Hey, you, I'm throwing that up on screen. I'm always told, be nice to Joel Pearl. Be nice to Joel Pearl. That's my impression of my wife. I'm going to get hit for that impression. Uh, be nice to Joel Pearl. No, this is why I'm not nice to Joel Pearl. He's terrible. My favorite bit was I was recording with Joel uh, one day. And when the kids comes in, I was like, hey, do you remember Joel from the wedding? They're like, nope, don't do it all. Uh I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Not, not really, uh, not really that memorable. Another kid comes in. It's like, hey, do you do you remember Joel Pearl from the wedding? That's who I'm, that's who I'm doing the show with. And <laughs> kid's like, nope, don't, don't remember. I was like, yeah, makes sense. Not memorable at all. So kids don't know who Joel Pearl is. That's, I guess, that's why he wants him to bury him because wants me to bury them because they, they buried him. I remember. Why does your impression of your wife sound like lambs? That's not true at all. That's not, that's very mean. <laughs> uh, that's, that's mean. Listen here, Joe Perel. Do not, do not uh, smack talk me on my own show. All right, Joe Perel. Is that, is that how I can say it? Is that like Canadian enough to say it right there? Uh, Ryan says, I'm now picturing Jeremy's wife doing a lamb segment, and that would be amazing. <laughs> I could, I could pull that off. I could, I could have her, I could ever do a lamb segment. Maybe, maybe she didn't message me and be like, I'm not agreeing to this at all. Oh, oh boy. We have, we have an audience that, uh, that, uh, <laughs> yeah, I will use the, the DMS against you. Anything DM to me, uh, in, in this context will be used against you. If you DM me scoops so I can pre-write the story, I will not use that against anybody. I will just pre-write the story because I protect my, my sources and my gems that are out there. Phil Lindsay is here. Phil Lindsay is here to talk about CM Punk and all that has gone on with CM Punk and AEW. Phil, thanks for joining me on short notice. I appreciate it. How are you doing, buddy? Um, I don't know. I was uh, I was feeling pretty good about that, that uh that Lakers lost yesterday slash <laughs> both for celebratory moments. Um, oh, no, what? Our... what is what's happening here? Why are you here? You didn't get an invite. How was I not invited? I don't, I'm, I'm trying How to was do I not a, invited. I'm trying How to was do I not a invited? daily 
wrestling show, Sean, with guests, with like a format and stuff. Yeah, dozen, Lindy. Dozens of people are just on the edge yeah. of their seat right now, Jeremy. <laughs> Thank Phil God Lindsay's you have Phil here. here. Thank God you have Phil here. I got Phil. I got Mike from Indy. I got SP3 coming on. We got, got Sean like, Ross Sapp right now, too. Yeah, just yeah, make If it I up. knew Phil was about to hop on here, I wouldn't have rudely interrupted. But yeah, so. Will Washington came on to show his dishes off. Just amazing. Wow. Functions. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, tried to get... I don't know. Go ahead, Phil. I was just going to say, I don't know, man. I think people, people might have to admit I was right about this. Uh, turn this into, I am, I am a Bron hater, so you don't have a point here. No, I have a point about the way that they've, they've, they've handled this injury. The way they've covered it is weird. And you guys know it's weird, but you can't admit it because it's just, it's, it's me that's saying it. I'm right. And I know that I'm right. Phil is here. He's supposed to talk about usually CFR, right. He's like, you know what? Let me just bury LeBron James for a second. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's not even so much I'm burying him. I'm just saying, like, the way they've covered this injury is very strange. I mean... Is it not? He was hurt. He was... (laughs) Sean just blocked Caden. He sent us a super chat. Yeah, listen, I'm not... I I don't get... I don't like the... I'm going to say the unpopular opinion thing or be rude uh, thing when Caden is like... Guys, it's really affecting my mental health that you guys fake pick on me a lot. Now he does that in our chat all the time. Get get wrecked, Caden. Hit the bricks, buddy. <laughs> Phil was trying to make a point here. Don't be rude. Speaking of foot injuries that are not legit, do you like that transition? Oh, I'm, everybody? I'm bye. That's that's professionalism right there. Uh, Kate is here. Hello, Kate. Hello. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Thanks for joining on short You're notice. Welcome. Chicago have... Phils are running wild. I hear. Yeah. 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 I, I I don't I don't like I don't like the speculation that you're trying to infer that an upstanding Phil from Chicago would fake a foot injury. <laughs> I actually don't think he was faking this. What foot happened injury. with Phil Jackson? <laughs> Is he okay? Do you think Phil Jackson has has a foot injury as well? Do all Phils in Chicago just get foot injuries at the same time? Listen, is the man is like seventy five, and he's how tall? Like six eight. He's his feet hurt. His feet. No, for he's sure he's hurt. doing so much peyote. He doesn't care. Like That's he's he's numb to it all. Shout shout, shout out to uh, Phil Jackson, another Phil that was right about LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> John, what did you come on here for? Do you actually have like? Well, you were here by yourself, so I thought I would class the join up. But now I, I knew see. what I was doing. This is this is again a well conceptualized show. Is I it? appreciate I appreciate you looking out for me. I do. Okay. I do appreciate that. Okay. I mean, it's become less conceptualized since I've just had random run-ins from you. But otherwise, it was. I mean, it's a show at one thirty in the afternoon. I know people think that I just. <laughs> I don't know what people think I do all day, but I'm usually here working. Um, working. More than working. I can say for Friday night. <laughs> I did just go to the mall. That that happened. Did you get anything? Yeah, I did. What'd you get? Well, I'm, I'm not going to give away my, my fashion <laughs> secrets on the air, okay? Well, I, did not, I don't know if you had a, a, a sweet sneaker haul of any sort. No, honestly, I've, I think I've bought all the, the good sneakers from the Remix store that's in the mall. But um, I got these a while back. Let me. Go feed on air, Sean. That'll boost the numbers. 
Yeah. Now nah, he's got to pay all that. Come on. And wrestling fans are weird. Come on. I ain't doing it. Well, when Denise is on the air and we're talking about her wiki feet, do you have a wiki feet yet? Who, hey, me? You no, ain't no. asking me. I would have loved if Phil answered and was like, yeah, of course I do. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> no. but, I like uh, to monetize too much. I'm not giving that away for free. Come on. <sighs> Goodbye. Bye, Sean. Bye, Sean. All right. That's. <laughs> This we was all... a well-conceptualized show. I promise everybody. Now we, we have Phil talking LeBron, and then in an hour from now, SP3 is going to join us, and he's just going to respond that, to Phil. This, this was all SP3's fault because he tried to jump on a, on a tweet from yesterday and call me a hater. Like, Phil, no, this, this to- looks away. Phil, what are you doing tomorrow at 930? Uh, probably <laughs> packing. Now that sounds boring. Come on, FMC tomorrow. If you're in the chat, I'll send you the link. Uh, you can you can argue with SP3 about LeBron, and I can do nothing but laugh. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk about what we're here to talk about, and it's Chicago Phil. The Let other me one. talk to you. CM Punk. He decided to just go on Instagram on Thursday night after. I don't know what happened on Thursday night that, that prompted all of this after Meltzer posted on his message board that Punk sent a legal letter and didn't want to do the job and everything. And then Punk replied of like, actually, here's what happened. I never watched Rocky three. John Mox's idea sucked. I didn't, John didn't want a job to me, by the way, Rocky three sucks. I'll never watch that either. I did business cause Tony told me to, I wasn't actually cleared for this match, but I still did it. This is the last time. I put my health in front of a company. Also, Chris Jericho's a stooge and he sucks too. Did I miss anything? <laughs> and Dave Meltz is a liar. I think I got everything that was uh, covered there and see him for Punk's. that one. And, yeah, the HBA, that HBK sex came the day after. <laughs> Which, that one everything. was way more interesting to me, to be honest. I really don't care who's jobbing to who, who's got an ego backstage. I want the romantic details. he's out here talking about what a bret hart guy he is meanwhile he's gonna take hbk's Shawn michaels power from him by doing all this he's gonna humiliate him to make bret look better that was the whole point of that okay try to keep up phil what were your first thoughts when you saw these cm punk instagram comments um (laughs) i immediately thought it was hilarious that um this thing was up for what two minutes and then um, I saw it like a thousand times on my timeline to the point that I never wanted to see it again. Um, <laughs> um, I don't, this guy just, he just, it kills me because he'll have a valid point about something. He'll have a very valid point about something, but he'll choose to do it and, and express it in such a strange way. It's like, why, and, and, and why this, 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 blog posts of all things this message board post like why are you responding to that like out of all of the stuff that's been said about him since september why is this thing well i do know why but it it just feels like it it, it does feel weird well my takeaway from it of why he did that is that um this felt like it was over and done with this was this was this was the part that nobody was talking about like if we had moved on to why did he do all that stuff in the gripe bomb and why did he do all that stuff in the scrum nobody was talking about the mox build so why are we going back and and relitigating that now when i i did business like why are you trying to throw old stuff in there now to make me look bad 
yeah, that's what Dave attempted to, to do. And I guess did behind a message board because Dave never reported this in the, the observer. He never said anything on the radio show. As far as I know, it was just a, it was paywall Dave uh, just putting it on the message board and, and punk obviously saw it and is like, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call this out because this I don't, is I don't believe he saw it either. I don't believe he saw it either. I believe somebody sent that to him. Well, I saw it in that respect is what I mean. I don't think he's actually on the wrestling observer message board going through everything here, but he clearly saw it as someone sent it to him. And that's how. Yeah. He's logging in as a Harley race two two five five six six six. It'd be great if punk is just scour the fact that this man is posting on pro wrestling podcast instagram page like every time uh they post something like i think he might be a little bit more online than we give him credit for i don't think he's on the observer messages board but you know, shout out to pro wrestling podcast their their instagram page only has but so many followers and yet punk this is the the source he goes to to keep up with the the hot goss online no, okay he, what was your sees- first thoughts I'll go ahead, Phil. I was going to say, no, he sees a lot of stuff. I'm sure he does. Kate, what was your first thoughts when you saw this uh, Instagram post? It was just a bummer. Like, it, uh, I feel like this is the second time where he's had a valid point, and it's like uh, the the medium's the message thing, right? Like, just the way to address certain things. This this ain't it. Um, And it's just frustrating, too, from the perspective of, like, I'm sure he thinks wrestling media as a blanket is an issue. So he's not going to go share his side of the story through wrestling media. Like, I don't think he sits there and is like, well, Dave did this, the Chun does this and whatever. Like, I think he's probably like, this is wrestling media's fault. I'm not going to go give an interview and explain my side of the story. I'm going to put something out. The way he posted and took it down made me feel like he was, like that was in his drafts and he just posted it by accident or something. And then I took it down so nah, he, like, he, he knew what he was doing. It yeah, he oh, knew what he was doing. Like, but you know, like I do it all the time and probably should do it more, but of like things that I, um, that I'm like, I draft it. And then I think about whether I should hit send on it or not. I feel like that was one that like should have stuck in the drafts. Yeah. And like, he could have put out something that was a little bit more, a little bit more careful but it, it just hey. sucks because like if yeah. if what he said is true he's got a right to be pissed or at least a, a an understandable point of view on the situation but i he said a lot of things probably in the press conference that had an understandable point of view but just always the the way you go about it is important um but also like how have you not seen rocky um <laughs> So my I had two thoughts immediately too when I when I read this uh, I was like okay I knew this because hey I knew the Rocky thing because I made a point about it on our podcast that's just one thing but um I kind of had a feeling that he didn't have the greatest feelings about having to come back and work that match before the pay per view and um I don't know if you remember the press scrum. I asked him, I said, hey, what was the difference between your injury in that match and it seemed like it hindered you in that match and the match at the pay-per-view? And if you go back and watch and look at Tony Khan's face when I asked that question, it's very telling. Just go back and watch it. Look at Tony Khan's face when I asked that question. And if you remember, 
Punk no sold the question. He he jumped and he gave that Danhausen story about the shoes. And that leads to my point that I feel like he felt like, oh, well, that's over and done with. And he, if if you remember as well, he said very nice things about Mox in that press press conference as well. So I think he felt like this was done. It's over. I did business. It's over with. And I think that's why he was so mad about it. It was like, yo, why are we still talking about this? Like, why are we going back to that? Um, I clearly worked hurt. Nobody knows that part. But, well, quote unquote hurt. I worked not cleared. Nobody knows that part. And people are trying to make it out to be, I didn't want to lose. That's not the problem here. Now, of course, he shouldn't have put out that other part either that, you know, I laughed at somebody refusing to lose to me. You don't have to overshare, Punk. You don't have to overshare. <laughs> it seemed like him and Moxley got along fine. They did the the tag team match together against FTR uh, the, in that one time. And then they worked. There was a lot of work shoot comments in their promos building up to it. The match that happened in Cleveland, which I was at a great bit that they just squashed CM Punk in, in three minutes. So John Moxley I loved it. and unify the titles. And then they that whole booking never made sense. I know you love that promo in Chicago, Phil. That booking never made sense to me. I thought it was very dumb. I don't understand why they did it. And clearly Punk didn't under understand it either. Cause I mean maybe have if you'd seen, seen Rocky, Rocky Three. I have seen question. Rocky. Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, um I think the booking made sense in the sense that they didn't want to just write Mox's time as champion off after what he had done for the company after Punk went away with him just going straight to the pay-per-view and losing. I think they wanted to give him something to give him a big win to establish him as the champion going into the pay-per-view. That's the only, that was the only thing I could think of the entire time. And in that respect, I liked it because are you kidding me? The way Mox, talk shit about this guy after he beat him the him jumping in the camera and go oh what did you think was going to happen all that stuff was great <laughs> i enjoyed all of that i do you think, think that oh go ahead kate i was just gonna say i think they also they were getting so much there was a lot of we'll call it the discourse all right you vignettes whatever there was a lot about about the interim championships too and what i actually appreciated about that angle was one nobody thought it was going to happen so i always appreciate when that happens to um, it kind of made the interim champion feel real instead of the tied over to the real champion, which was a lot of what kind of the criticism was around it. So I appreciated that and that it, it made the interim championships feel like real champions and not, we're just waiting for a storyline for this guy to come back or this woman to come back. So I, I appreciated that about it, but it was definitely weird. I could understand why someone would have an issue with it. It makes sense. Do you think that he mentioned Moxley because he believes Moxley told this to Dave? Because we kind of know who Dave talks about uh, or talks to. Like he'll print exactly what Kenny Omega emails him about Final Fantasy lore and his entrance music and everything without clean, cleaning that up at all. There was stuff when uh, I think Renee had had, had COVID um it was very, very clear that like it kind of came directly from Moxley. So do you think he kind of threw Moxley in all of this kind of unprompted, unnecessarily, because he thinks, oh, this is what Moxley told him. And now I'm going to fire back at in, in this way by throwing Moxley underneath the bus uh, to Dave's post. What do you think, Phil? Um, no, because 
if 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 there's anything we know about this guy, if he has a problem with somebody, he'll just say it. And I think the fact that he made a clear distinction with who he was calling a liar and who he called a stooge in there, I I think that in his own weird way, he doesn't think that he was coming at Mox wrong. I think he thinks he was just stating the fact. Um, now, of course, I don't think Mox feels the same way probably reading that, but I think I think he really thinks in his mind, like, nah, I didn't have a problem with Mox. I did business. What's the problem? That's fair. I mean, I, I realize it's trying to get into the head of CM Punk and based on sort of what we know with who Meltzer talks to. What, what do you think, Kate? Do you think, because we know CM Punk has issues with these people are talking to this person and that's how these rumors get started. Do you think he has any inkling that Moxley might talk to Dave and the information came directly from John and that's why he threw John in there like he did? Look, I don't mean to be a scoopster, but if I know anything in this world, it's that Dave Meltzer and John Moxley have done improv together. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm, I kind of read it like Phil did, especially with how quickly he took it down. Like, he's also not one to back off of things that he feels like are like he he he's not one to apologize for things unless he really feels like he did something wrong. To me, the fact that he took that down. I read it as um, he thought he was telling his side of the situation and then probably realized, I, th I think Jericho is definitely an intentional shop, but yes. uh, Jericho also called him a, a locker room cancer. We know, right. So he probably doesn't really care about that, but I do think it's very possible. He thought he was telling his side of the story. And then when he realized how that made other things look, he, he took it down. I think that's a very feasible possibility. Is there anyone besides Renee Paquette that can salvage this situation, Kate? No, but I believe that about most situations. <laughs> fair. Moxley's <laughs> totally gonna, gonna be on the sessions tomorrow. Renee, Renee tweeted that, that John was oh yeah, yes, yes. So be up bright um, and early listening to that. Oh go ahead, Phil. Yeah, uh, a friend of friend of mine uh, sent me a message and I knew he was gonna be on there and I asked him, I was like, Did you ask him um does he like Rocky movies? I didn't get a response <laughs> to that text. Uh, I hope Renee does ask that. So, seeing seeing you go to Rocky movies lately—that's how the conversation should start. Actually, they should just start it of just Renee being like, "So we watched Rocky three last night," and just go on from there. And then John gives his whole review of Rocky three. Uh, Phil, I don't know where you were as far as CM Punk coming back to AEW in the time that has passed since All Out. But now we have this new fire that Punk has started. By the way, bless CM Punk that this man, he does not go in there and and just like, you know, oh, let me, let me tell you where the fire is and everything. That man goes in there with a full Molotov cocktail, throws it in there, walks away, comes back, pours the gasoline, throws another Molotov Even cocktail. Even through and then walks the away. darkest days. <laughs> I, I love that he goes full, full scorched earth. He didn't, he ain't holding nothing back. He's just going full scorched earth on it. If you're going to do it, do it the right way, right? Phil, again, I don't know where you were after All Out and the time has passed, but where are you now as far as eh, maybe CM Punk will come back to AEW? Uh, boy, this has been a roller coaster because I heard from like the week after he was gone. Like this was everybody I talked to, it made it seem like this guy is gone. Um, for like 
a good few months, I was like, yeah, he's probably gone. And I was pretty, I was pretty much starting to cope with it. Then it just seems like people are coming around, coming around. Um, this guy all of a sudden started being outside again and being social again. I was like, yeah, it seems like he's making the moves to come back. Um, I think he's coming back, guys. Really? That's Still after this? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love your, I Be- love your because, optimism. Because, well, this isn't, this isn't optimism. Because the guy that makes the decision still hasn't said anything. That's where... Okay, let me get your thoughts on uh, CM Punk potentially coming back and where you stand on it now. And then we will have a discussion about the Tony Khan factor and all of this. Uh, I really don't know. I I thought there was definitely a possibility that he would, um, because I also, it was interesting to see narratives change. It was like, this guy ain't coming back. And then there started to be this like, oh, locker room brawls happen all the time, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I, I worked in PR for a decade, so I'm always like listening to these things. There were so many situations of like, oh, people always have backstage fights. Like you saw things start to pivot a little bit. Uh, whether that was intentional or not, a lot there was a lot of minimizing it all of a sudden a couple months ago. So, I you know it it feels kind of silly. It feels like an Instagram story, like <laughs> this in a vacuum. I don't think would be a thing that keeps someone from coming back. But this on top of his past issue because it's almost the same issue <laughs> of like, why are you doing this in this extremely public fashion? It does kind of make it feel that way. At the same time. It sounds like Meltzer was kind of like apologizing for the way he went about things this morning. I don't know if this is being viewed internally as why is wrestling media stoking the fires instead of the other way around. But I really, really don't know because it doesn't feel like this should be something that that would put someone out. But at the same time, is it like is this kind of just the straw that broke the camel's back is is kind of the question here. Did, did I you always... guys... Oh, God, Phil. Did you guys see uh, Meltzer this morning at all? Um, I, I read the transcript of it. I didn't see it. Yeah, I, I read it. Uh, Trevor Dame did, did a great job recapping stuff. I give a shout out to him. Um, yeah, I, I read that he basically apologized for reporting the story, which I don't know. But he maybe... didn't report anything. It was, a, yeah. it was a message board post. Right, but you know how people are with, with Dave's comments and everything. I don't even think anybody, like any like aggregation sites ran with that. Of like no. Dave did this. It was legitimately just Punk saw it. The fans. Got it to him. Yeah. And <laughs> Punk saw it, got it sent fans. to him. And then <laughs> fans suck. They're all terrible. Uh, um Yeah, I it's messed up because I get why he would feel bad. Because I do feel like this is one of those things where you brought up something that was over with um, and nobody was talking about it. It's not even so much that people were not talking about negative stuff with punk. Nobody was talking about anything regarding him and Mox. And now people are looking like, Oh, okay, well now these two don't get along either. Um, And I don't know what is true there. Um, It could be, they don't get along. It could be Mox is mad at him now, but I, I definitely think if Mox was fine with him before, he probably don't like the guy now based off of this tune into the sessions tomorrow to hear john moxley's comments on cm punk uh real quickly i always retrospective on the yeah. Rocky movies nothing else 
I always had my doubts about Punk coming back even before this because we know Punk's side. Punk, he wants to do business, and he's like, yeah, sure. Like he's again, he's been online uh, commenting on stuff. I feel there was more hurt on the elite side that Punk is almost just disregarding of things like, well, I apologized. I've moved on. Why aren't you guys moving on from this? And it can be tough for somebody to move on from the comments that he made. Like that's a very fractured thing after everything he said in that, in that press conference, I wouldn't begrudge them if they're like, you know what? Like, no, unless I feel a sincere apology out of this, then we can't just forget all of these things. Like we look at you differently. Clearly you look at us differently. You're not really welcome back here. Um, So, and now Nick got injured out of this too, though. So yeah, like it was a lot bigger deal coming from from the elite side than it was from Punk's side. Um, and now with everything, it's like okay, well clearly he might have some issues with Moxley. We know he has issues with Jericho now, especially if the, the Stooge comment. The Hangman stuff was seemingly pretty unresolved. There's still the elite stuff. Like there's now there's a lot of people in the locker room, top top guys that are looking at it. Like I don't know if all these guys can just work together and do business because yeah, Punk might be like screw it. I'll do business. Like let's, let's make money. Let's work a hot angle. I'm over it. I said what I had to say. Let's all move on. And they're all like, no, like you kind of just threw us all out there and underneath the bus. Like, why are we going to, why do we want you back here when we're doing just fine without you? Things are going MJF is another factor here as well. Um, so I, I still, I was always of the belief that I didn't think he was coming back. This kind of just hardens my belief that, He's probably not coming back. But Phil, you did bring up a good point about Tony Khan. It don't really matter what the wrestlers think. They're going to have input and everything, but we know Tony Khan is a big CM Punk fan. And if Tony Khan is like, you know what? This guy boosts our business. He boosts sales. All the metrics are up with CM Punk. Put it aside. Sit down. Kumbaya moment. Learn to do business together. Punk is back. Punk's going to be back. Do you think he will actually go to that to be like, I will maybe, I don't say alienate part of the locker room, but potentially alienate part of the locker room of like CM Punk is good for our business. He's good for AEW business. He's good for my business. We're going to bring him in here and we are going to have CM Punk back and you guys need to be adults about this and deal with it. Do you think Tony Khan will actually go to that length? Um, I think that he's probably looking at the bigger picture here. Um, and he also pretty clearly likes the guy. He hasn't said anything negative about punk since any of this happened. Um, and the other thing that I keep thinking about, and I said this on Grapsity, um, if you're looking around like, all right, well, we were a few decisions away from keeping Cody Rhodes. We didn't make those decisions. And now this guy is heading into the biggest match of his career, headlining WrestleMania. Am I going to make a decision to let CM Punk leave here and possibly wrestle somewhere else? That's a, that's a valid question. He's probably sitting somewhere asking himself. And, and it doesn't matter if, because I'm sure somebody will be like, well, WWE don't want him. It doesn't matter if he knows that for sure. It's always the if. <laughs> WWE might also say, take the Lesnar deal. Come, <laughs> come, come fight Stone Cold at WrestleMania. Get the dream match. <clears throat> work a couple other programs and call it a day. I don't know if Punk would want to 
it's almost like how it sounds like FTR is. Is I don't I don't know if everybody necessarily views it as if I'm not at that place, I go to this place. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, Punk is doing commentary. Punk has been doing comic books and acting and stuff. I don't know if he continues down the pro wrestling path. I don't know how powerful Steve Kern's book was. God bless it. <laughs> if so, um, but it, I don't know if. It doesn't seem like Punk was like, oh, if it doesn't work out with AEW, WWE just seems like a dream landscape for me. Uh, oh, no. I, <laughs> I don't think that at all. But I do think that it's not Tony beyond. Khan's, yeah. I don't think it's beyond Punk to use it as leverage, though. Sure. I, I don't think it's a, a dream landscape for, for Punk, but I do think he is petty enough to like, okay, sure, I will think about this, potentially do it. And I think Triple H is petty enough to be like, yeah, like we can maybe set some things aside to do a couple hot angles or something and get some money out of this. And, you know, the motivation of trying to, to tear down AEW is certainly there for, for both men. If he's not welcome back to AEW, but Phil, you're I right. Just, in that I way. can't believe you would say that anybody in pro wrestling, anybody in pro wrestling, much less those two are, are petty. I just think that's a, a sweeping. <laughs> Everybody in pro wrestling is petty. Every single one of us. That's why we're in pro wrestling. <laughs> I I definitely think the leverage part is there. Like like Phil said, of like even if Punk isn't thinking like that, if you're Tony Khan, you have to be a little bit worried that he is thinking like that, and he does go out there and boost their business instead of coming back. Is is ROH a factor at all for this? Can they just? Like, hey, work the Orlando tapings once a month, and then do do the do the big shows. Like, is that Eddie a possibility? Kingston's right there. Um, yeah, yeah. Eddie Kingston I would actually move it. back to AEW. Yeah, I think Ed, that would be. Eddie's there, and isn't Colt there as well? I I think Colt is there in some capacity. Yeah, he said he was going to be at the show this weekend. So yeah, Colt. Well, Colt and Eddie going back to AEW. They're we'll just <laughs> make, make a little trade there. Punk for for Eddie and Colt. Well, Eddie always felt very worked to me. Like that always, whatever animosity was there, always felt very worked. I feel like those two guys seem super aligned in their views on pro wrestling. Um, oh no, he he don't like Punk. No, no, he don't like. See, him. I would think that <laughs> he don't that like Punk. I would think that Punk and Moxley would feel very aligned, and then we get this, and it's yeah, like, that's oh, true. Maybe that's not. True. Like now, I I think Eddie is. I, I've said it before, like the most disrespectful thing anyone has ever done to CM Punk is when Eddie just calls him Philip. Like, yeah, whatever <laughs> Philip has to say, just that's the most disrespectful thing ever. It pops me so much. I don't know if ROH is a possibility, but can you imagine CM Punk working after like five hours of uh, enhancement talent matches coming out there trying to rile up the Orlando crowd? And everything, oh, yeah. oh, it feels. CM so Punk weird. versus Slim J, book it. Let's it, go. <laughs> that would be weird. It would. It would literally look like Punk going back to WWE and doing NXT. It would look very weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility for him to do some stuff with Ring of Honor at some point. But if you're gonna go full in and make the decision to work with this guy again, you're not gonna u- not use him on your flagship show. I just don't yeah. see any scenario where you bring this guy back and don't use him on dynamite at all. Before I let you both go, Ryan says, for Phil, who throws the coworkers under the bus quicker, Punk or LeBron? I mean, hey, LeBron ain't throwing nobody on the bus. <laughs> he just told his circuits that uh, Russ is a vampire. 
He never said anything, <laughs> right? Look, if he, we're going to talk about basketball, we do have to talk about Will throwing bricks on BTA. Man, we got we had Will on the show earlier defending the the editing. Uh, young Billy was actually made shots, but I told Will he needs to kick in the door at Dynamite to the Elite locker room and start throwing hands with everybody on the Elite. I feel like that works uh, out well. A likely story from Will is all I'm saying. It's all I'm saying. <laughs> Shytown Spurs says, can't believe we're never going to get Punk versus Jarrett. What a match that would be. Kate, how do you feel about Punk versus Jarrett? Uh, I mean, if that's not headlining your next pay-per-view. Like, if anybody needs to... If, if CM Punk needs to set aside business for anything, it's That's Punk. your two favorite wrestlers, right? It CM is, Punk yeah. I think um, yeah. Punk and a mystery opponent versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, if that's not if that's not headlining i don't know what is uh and Vera says even though he's a far bigger star it means way more to wrestling than any of them are the elite now more valuable assets than punk because of durability uh phil your thoughts on that uh i i definitely think that you know because they're younger and they have more going right now i can see why you would pick them um but then at the same time like you did do pretty good business with punk when he was not causing problems backstage and um, getting hurt. Um, and that's the other part that I think is very interesting. And that's kind of why I'm still leaning towards he'll be back. Um, Cause the other part about this is uh, we've heard he'll be cleared pretty soon. And I think that's another reason why a lot of this stuff is ramping up, whether it be the negative stuff or him um, posting stuff on Instagram. And I got to think, man, that report, if you're moving all out into the city at United Center, who do you want for that show? The man who sold out the United Center on a rumor, Sean Ross Sapp, is who needs to be on that show. <laughs> uh, Kate, let everyone know where they can find you at. Oh, my God. A busy week. But you can find me at Miss Kate Fabe on Twitter. Mondays on Select, Tuesdays doing the NXT Sour Grams post show, Wednesdays at the Mark Order Pod, Thursdays I get to talk about ROH, and Fridays doing this week's Supercard of Honor, uh, normally the AEW Rampage and SmackDown show, but very excited to do the Supercard post show. Also on Select uh, for nights one and two of WrestleMania, we'll be doing pay per view post shows back there. So busy. I, I heard you big timed the uh, SmackDown Rampage post show and you said nope i ain't working those uh indie events i want to cover the roh supercard post show. that's that what true? you say but in reality <laughs> robert de felice was like i'm coming in i'm doing the smackdown show kate can be on here for two minutes but then she has to get off of it that makes sense so, too that makes joel sense. wants me to tell them about sundays yeah. at overbooked i do kate and joel call it in the ring i don't know if we're doing a show this sunday which is why i didn't plug it but <laughs> Well, watch We're yesterday's show. How about that? Watch yeah. yesterday's show. There you go. Phil, let everyone know where they can find you at. Uh, I don't know if you can find me on Saturdays on Grapsity anymore because it's getting rough out here, man. I see my guy Will try and tell I, me yeah. that. Yeah, I heard I Will see, is taking shots at Seth Rollins. What's going on here? I heard I heard Will sit there and try and justify known, known uh shit poster in our in our super chats saying that that rollins is a good hand and i was just like what are we doing here man what what's happening here why are we doing this maybe i'll be on grab Seater this weekend maybe we'll record an episode i actually don't know what we're doing this weekend because <laughs> all of us will be traveling i will be in la um but yeah otherwise 
Maybe you can catch me on Saturdays at noon on Fightful's YouTube channel with Grapsity, uh, co-hosted by me, Righteous Reg, and Will Washington. Um, I think uh, you can find my writing some places. I don't know. Probably Bleacher Report or some other place. I don't know. Phil Lindsay is a writer, sir. One of the greatest comments in FMC history when you told F- SP3, I am a writer, sir. <laughs> yeah, listen, man. SP3 is, I, 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 I await the day when LeBron James leaves the, the Lakers so we can have honest conversations. <laughs> he's not a LeBron fan. Yeah, well, I know, but it, it's just it's just that he's, he, he now wants to make it seem like I'm a bigger hater of this guy because he just wants to defend <laughs> his fellow Laker, but it's all right. When he Is leaves LeBron the Lakers, coming back to the Lakers. Well, he did. He played last he just night. Played. Yeah. Maybe know, he should. Like, maybe he should have stayed at home because they lost. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> In two minutes, Kate. did they lose, or like a regulated basketball official? Yeah. <laughs> now this this was a beating. It was so much of a beating that they unfairly threw Vucevic out of the game. They did. They, I didn't. I didn't agree with that call, and they still lost, even though he was out in the second half, the entire second half. Phil, Kate, thank you for for joining me here to talk about uh, the other Chicago Phil, CM Punk, the second favorite Chicago Phil, or the yeah, the second favorite Phil in Chicago. That's what I was trying to go for there. Uh, Chicago's second favorite son. There you go. Something <laughs> like that. Something like that. Uh, Phil might be on FMC tomorrow if he's around to uh, banter with SV3 about LeBron James. Otherwise, he's welcome on that show anytime to banter about LeBron James. Uh, oh boy! Kate if I if things. I if I land in LA and on Wednesday and the Chicago Bulls beat these can, guys twice in a week, <sighs> can you get can you get like a LeBron jersey or something while you're in LA? You gotta you gotta take a picture next to like something LeBron esque while you're in LA. Okay. Just take the picture for meme purposes. You can you can caption it of like the, why isn't this shit in the dumpster or something like that. You can caption it with that, but like for meme purposes, you gotta take a picture of something LeBron while you're in Los Angeles, Phil. I don't know, man. I know Pat Beverly is gonna have the time of his life if he beats the Lakers and the Clippers. On this oh, yeah. trip to L.A., but if I make a trip to L.A. and I look back and see that Chicago Bulls have beat these guys two games straight, Phil, find gonna be a somebody, rough week. Phil, find somebody wearing a LeBron jersey. I imagine there will be a lot of them, and stomp on their foot and be like, "Now you know how your hero <laughs> feels." Just, just I heard go around foot stomping. Yeah, just go around doing foot stomps to people. This is what I'm encouraging. Phil, uh, yep. Kate, gonna, thank you. Gonna stop on somebody's foot and say, I heard it pop. Yeah, there you go. Phil, Kate, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, everyone check out all their great work that they do. Thank you for talking CM Punk with me here on this unnamed show that I'm randomly doing on a Monday. Now, everybody, it is WrestleMania week. There's a lot to talk about when it comes to just WrestleMania, but there's a lot to talk about when it comes to the independent world of wrestling during WrestleMania week. And joining me for that is Mike from Indeed. Mike, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Pretty good, Jeremy. Uh, I have a new microphone. So if my audios are all over the place, sorry in advance. You, you sound okay. It's a little, little feedback. Okay, okay. I saw I saw uh, you got the the uh, the blue snowball. Like I feel everybody 
everybody uses nowadays. I want to step up and I grab the Yeti. Uh, there you go. There you go. But yeah, uh, new mic, finding like where to, because this one is way better than my other one. Like I can hear, I heard like the children playing outside. I had my window closed. I'm like, how are you picking this up? I can barely <laughs> hear it. Like it's better than my ears. So there I, is it. There's well, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, for those who don't know, Mike does indeed with Righteous Reg uh, almost every Wednesday here on on Fightful Overbook. Sometimes scheduling gets in the way, but for the most part, they're here every single Wednesday on Fightful Overbooked. And Mike is big into the world of the independent wrestling. They just had an interview with Effie a couple weeks ago. Everyone should go check that out. The interview Mike and uh, Reg did with Effie. And Mike, it starts really on Wednesday. With uh with the independent shows, it really ramps up on on Thursday. Is kind of uh, the top show, I believe. Um, uh, Bloodsport is on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, wh- what else? What else is happening on Wednesday and Thursday that you're you're really looking forward to uh, when it comes to independent wrestling during like, WrestleMania week? Like, where do you want to start? I could name all the shows, but we're gonna we're gonna be here a while. It's there. I had to book. Uh, I had to book like actual time off of my day job to try to watch all of this, and then I'm 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 dumb because I booked the wrong days. <laughs> so, do you not know what WrestleMania week is, Mike? Or are you the Rock? You don't know when these shows are. I uh, me, me and I, I'm I'm bad with calendars. It's, it's 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 not good. It's not good. I have to I have to set everything in a Google Calendar, or I'll forget. And like I just tried to like go off the brain. And I put the wrong days down. So I'm off Wednesday and not Thursday. The big shows that we have yeah. for, for Thursday. Um, so, so, well, we, well, so there's one show on Wednesday, and it's the reason there's no indie this week that I, that like is pretty uh, – it's a violence and suffering VXS. They have uh, – they do some really good stuff, and they have a, they have a show on Wednesday where uh, Reg is going to be there, which is why there's no indie. Uh a lot of wrestling companies have liked running in California lately, so he's been going to a lot of shows, which is why we are occasionally on Wednesdays and not every Wednesday right now. Reg is big-timing the show to go watch more wrestling. How dare him? I can't blame him. I'm doing I'm, I'm doing it a couple times coming up soon, too. So, But yeah, no, Thursday is when like, the meat and potatoes of everything starts. The collective kicks in, and then... Uh, so I have, a, I have a nice little... Uh, Nice little list here. The Collective starts Thursday off. Santino Bros has California Love. Uh, so you'll see like Kid, Kid Bandit on there, Willie Mack, Tyler Bateman, Matt Vandegrift, bunch of uh, bunch of California locals. It's kind of like a showcase for the Santino Bros wrestling school. Uh, so you're going to see a lot of their students there, and also a lot of their uh, their, their teachers and you know past students who have moved on are doing good. Uh, Circle Six is running shows almost every day. Uh, they've taken over uh, Knucklehead Hollywood, which uh, they they have they basically have a different show running every hour for almost the entirety of Thursday and Friday. Uh, a lot uh, it, there's a lot of crazy shit on there. They have Lindsay Snow's Cannabis Cup and uh, Minoru Suzuki's Karaoke Jams on Thursday night, which. That sounds like the highlight of the week to me, like Minoru Suzuki's karaoke jam. What do we think Suzuki sings at karaoke besides his own theme? I I don't. I feel like it's I I feel like it's like uh, 
he's got some like eighties power ballad. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Do you have a go to for karaoke? Oh, Taylor Swift. I mean, that's just okay. Yeah, that should have. Yeah, that's yeah. shake shake it off. I mean, that's that's my my one. But uh, I've done that. I did I, I did uh blank space with Denise Salcedo in uh all out weekend a couple a couple years ago. So yeah, that, that's that's my go to when it, anything Taylor Swift. I'm I'm doing easily knock that out. Yeah, I feel like Suzuki is definitely like '80s power ballad yeah. kind of guy as well. I could see that. Yeah, he's going to bust out some Pat Benatar or something, maybe. Louis <laughs> uh, says, Uptown Girl. Joel Pearl says, uh, sings Country Roads by John Denver. Could you imagine? Oh, Imagine wow. Suzuki singing this stuff. The, the big the big shows kind of on Thursday are Barnett's Blood yeah. Sports. Uh, we got the Hitchcock in Japan. The Hitchcock uh, Memorial Wolters. Show. Yeah, and the Hitchcock Memorial Show. Those are like kind of Hitchcock the- Memorial Show is crazy. Like uh, the the Triple A Mega uh, the Triple A Mega Championships going all over the place on on Mania Week. But uh, yeah, the King of Black Taurus and Commanders. So you get like almost a Supercard of Honor preview there too. Because yeah, Tony really- Tony's gonna make them work the uh, WWE style of like oh the King goes down and out, so now you're just getting Taurus and Commander. Oh, Commander's down and out, so now you're just getting Vikingo and Taurus. He's not going to allow Vikingo and Commander to touch at all. Like, if you want to see that match, you got to go to Supercard uh, the yeah. next night. Yeah, that's, uh, that show's wild, though. Like, uh, also Negro Casas and Ultimo Dragons on that, so mega mega cool throwback match. Uh, I don't know, Josh, I, Josh Alexander hasn't had his replacement announced on the, on the Supercard either, and he was supposed to team up with Tom Lawler against Brian Keith and Kenta, which... That's a dream tag team. I kind of didn't think I ever wanted to see until I saw it on paper. I was like, "Yeah, you know, this makes a lot of sense." But uh, and Kenta is a very cool team. There's also uh, DDT at the Collective yes. that's happening on Thursday. DDT goes Hollywood, so that'll be that'll be another fun one. Uh, you can kind of get familiar. This is like the preview DDT show before, like you know, you're. You have two more shows featuring DDT talent on the collective that are going to melt people's heads. We're getting uh, uh, Akiyama, Jun Akiyama, and uh, Eddie Kingston teaming at that event. Well. Yeah, yeah, they've been on like every side of it with each other. Now they've tagged against each other. They've singles against each other. They get the tag together. It, Eddie Kingston got to check off the. He's done like Akiyama bingo this year. <laughs> Uh, the multiverse card. Uh, when that was yeah. first announced, I think everybody was really looking forward to that. Taking some hits, unfortunately, <laughs> with uh, Alexander and Osprey getting yeah. Done. But still, I mean, Tanahashi and Mike Bailey, I'm super excited for that one. It's, yeah, it, it, like, it's, it's we, didn't, we didn't get the originally announced matchup, so it's like, oh, okay. But then you look at the replacements and you're like, oh, this is still, oh, Tanahashi and Speedball? I'm like, okay. That's when your substitute for Will Ospreay it ends up still being Hiroshi Tanahashi. Like, right. it, we're fine. Everything is fine. Everything's fine. Although I have noticed now, like between Forbidden Door, the first one, and this, it's like, man, these like cross-promoted New Japan cards just the bad luck always finds a way to strike at like the last hour. Yeah, I blame I blame Gato. It's Gato's fault that. Everybody just keeps getting hurt. Um, when in doubt, I'm, when in doubt, blame Gato. Kenta, Kenta Minoru Suzuki is low key like 
I'm ready for that one. I just like seeing people get kicked really hard. I think I think they I I watched the Prestige show last night, and there's like I think there's I've, latently there's just this part of my brain that is like, oh, that was a sickening impact. I want more. Nothing wrong with a good kick to the face. I I personally love just a great straight kick to the face. Yeah, go ahead. Go. Okay, we'll watch the Prestige show from last night. There was Renato Suzuki. I, he put Robert Martyr to sleep with some forearm. I, yeah, I saw the highlights where where he was uh, like knocking him uh, senseless with with these forearms, and people were like, "Oh, yeah. Robert Martyr did so great in this match." Like, yeah, look like it right now. Look like uh, he's got a couple concussions here. I know Suzuki is relatively safe with with these forearms and everything, and they make it look a lot worse. <laughs> man, he was he was he was there. putting him in there. He put a beating on that young man last night. It was uh, it was it was fantastic though. I, I, I'm, I'm happy for Robert Martyr because that match, like he's, he is a student of wrestling. He's just constantly watching it and studying, and he, I you know how badly he wanted to wrestle a legend like Minoru Suzuki and to get that match for him. That's, I'm happy for him. It, it, it was like a feel good moment watching it, even though like he, you know, you're Minoru is putting the murder and murder grandpa on this kid, so. We're getting, uh, I mean, Bloodsport has the return of Kota Ibushi. Yeah, his first, first match back. Mike Bailey. I mean, that's, that's a hell of a match mm-hmm. uh, for our first match back. And and then the Bloodsport setting as well. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, so that little uh, piece that uh, there was a little blurb that came out from uh, Dark Pure Wrestle Flosion on yeah. Twitter that they wrote that he wants to, you know, work a little more of like a grounded and more violent style than he used to. Uh, like what better place to show everyone what you intend to do with your, you know, foray back into the ring now than, you know, if you want to show people a more violent style plug sports, like the place to do it. Uh, Speedball Mike Bailey. It's a dream match. Like the collective is always full of these mania week, like mania weekend, as much as it's like about WrestleMania at the end of the weekend, it's, so much about these independent shows that are booked in the area around it and all the dream matches that come with it. Like you think back to some of the, you know, one day we'll get that, uh, one day we'll get that Minoru Suzuki and Orange Cassidy match, but that's, that's still the one that I, I long for. Tony's got to allow it to happen. Just do it in ROH. Yeah. You could do it in AEW. It's not like Suzuki hasn't been in AEW dozens of times. Like, make it happen. Suzuki's around right now, man. Like he's 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 over here. It could you know it could happen sometime. It'd be great. But you know, you get Kota Ibushi coming back. He's going to wrestle Speedball Mike Bailey in a you know in a no rope, essentially like pseudo shoot fight at Bloodsport, which also has Mox Mox is wrestling Alex Coughlin on this thing. Uh, where'd the rest of this go? Oh my god. Uh. Yeah, Johnny Bloodsport's going to be there wrestling Royce Isaacs, who, I, who keep your eyes on Royce Isaacs. He's one half of a tag team from the uh, the LA Dojo that he's, he's going to he's going to put some eyes on himself. I hope with uh, his match with Johnny Bloodsport, Josh Barnett and Timothy Thatcher wrestling on this. It's a it's a pretty stacked card. Bloodsport last year actually, you know the Mox and Biff Busick match that kind of like. That was yeah. one of the that was one of the ones that kind of stole that weekend and yeah, yeah that, there's that room, blood, there's a 
Bloodsport's always great because it is it's a different style, obviously. Mm-hmm. It, it is the more yeah. hybrid with the, the MMA, and it's the kind of stuff that like when it's done well, and for the most part that Bloodsport is done very well. Yeah. Uh like that's the kind of wrestling I, I really enjoy the the hybrid MMA uh stuff in there with kind of the, the hard strikes and then the the ground uh and grappling and everything. Sometimes it's not done well, but again, for Bloodsport, Josh Barnett, he's he's always spoken of like, yeah, we want guys who actually know what they're doing and, and can pull this off. Uh, otherwise, like it just looks hokey and fake, and who wants to see? And like, yeah, and then like late night on Friday still too, or Thursday still. There's also uh, for the culture, which Billy Dixon is hosting and running this year, and that's a celebration of Black Excellence in Wrestling. It's an entirely Black wrestling card got a crazy matches going on that one uh i got myron reed and kevin knight and man like Derese are in there uh trisha dora is wrestling calvin tankman which you know that's another hard-hitting fight that you know could could pluck that one off and put it on blood sport too honestly and how about on on friday what are you looking forward to most on friday friday okay so friday is like the crazy day uh everything's happening on friday there's jimmy lloyd's the generation f is like early on in the day tokyo joshi pro is doing a show live in los angeles uh from the globe theater as well as part of wrestlecon uh no peace underground's doing some stuff from uh as part of the circle six thing the collective has ddt versus gcw which is going to have uh pheromones versus bosco versus bussy on it which like it, okay, so if a naked moonsault a couple weeks ago had you clutching at your pearls, Pheromones versus Bussy is going to like shut down the internet. It's oh no, stay it, stay offline for the discourse for this one. Yeah, it's uh, if you're not familiar with Pheromones, um, they wrestle. Uh, one of them wrestles in a thong, and the other one wrestles in a jock strap, and. Uh, there is a lot of butt stuff going on. So <laughs> that's a lot of butt yeah. stuff going on is a great way to put anything. There's there's there will be butt stuff in this match. It's uh yeah, yeah. I don't know what to say about it because it's one of those things where I'm there's like places my mind is thinking it'll go and then i'm like no nah, i don't know but i don't think i like i don't think i can actually imagine what i'm gonna be seeing when this match goes down it's uh yeah it, sp3 said it best there <laughs> watching tv's judgment 2023 yeah. i had to stop after watching their match there will be butt stuff uh in this match that's like yeah. i don't know if you need a better selling point than that everybody. no i don't think you really do honestly but like that yeah that that it's gonna be pretty crazy uh the whole afternoon though and evening for this is like i it's gonna be a lot of me trying to watch two screens and realizing that i'm gonna have like this is where this is where my like oh shit how do i cover all of this and i have to start scheduling when to watch replays goes on in my brain uh because the friday night log jam has uh, perceived wrestling's nervous breakdown from the Globe Theater, uh, which that card alone is crazy. Masha Slamovich versus Aja Kong. 
uh, Taya Valkyrie versus Miu Yamashita, Michael Oku versus Titus Alexander. Uh, you've got Tom Lawler, Royce Isaacs, and Jarrell Nelson, Team Filthy, taking on uh, Alex Shelley, Kushida, and Ultimo Dragon. And then fresh off of getting his ass handed to him by Minoru Suzuki last night, Robert Martyr laid out a challenge for Timothy Thatcher. Uh, so he got the shit beat out of him by the murder grandpa last night, and now on Friday he's going to get twisted up into a pretzel by the British Sacramento dude. <laughs> like that, And then also at the same time as the Prestige show is happening is when Supercard of Honor is on. Uh, that card is... That's absolutely like Claudio Eddie, yeah, Samoa Joe, Mark Briscoe, the ladder match, Vikingo the against Commander. Yeah, okay. So Vikingo and Commander is uh, I'm I'm like living for Friday right now. I'm just like get me like Lord, get me to Friday. I need to see this match. Uh, the laws of space, time, and gravity are going to be defied by two men battling for the AAA Mega Championship like actual you know easy contender for match of the year potential sitting on that one uh we we just tony khan just announced it which i think everyone saw it coming if you watch roh television uh yuda and shibata is is now officially yes yeah oh yeah yeah you know that that card's so stacked that we listed off all those matches and you know like for casually forgot to just throw that in there as well yeah that Uh, one that one wasn't like technically official until literally just now tony khan just announced yeah but if you've been watching roh tv heavily implied yeah uh oh and also official oh and yuka sakazaki versus athena too for the roh like that whole card's crazy what are you doing roh i ROH honestly has been like my favorite thing uh, as far as like televised wrestling stuff, like, you know, with a good production budget goes. Uh, I, I've enjoyed ROH, I think, more than any like Dynamite Rampage, Raw, Smack, like any of it. I think that's been, yeah, my happiest product right now for me, just in terms of overall enjoyment. Fantastic four weeks of TV now. And then, and then spring later, break is after all this. Yeah, spring break. Yeah, Kota, spring... Kota, Kota Ibushi. Yeah, Ibushi versus Joey Janela. Vikingo versus Speedball Mike Bailey. Oh. So, I, wow, actually, so same night, it's, uh, yeah, Vikingo and Commander, and then Vikingo and Speedball. Yeah, just back-to-back. Like, Vikingo, crazy. Sure. Man, just like, you know what? Crazy. We'll wrestle Commander at one hour, and then a couple hours later, we'll just wrestle Speedball. It'll be fine. I'm sure Mike Bailey's wrestling some crazy shit that day too. Honestly, though, yeah, he I, uh, he always just keeps like uh, a busy schedule with everything. Yeah, his his collective last weekend was his WrestleMania week last weekend was. I mean, it was like he's eight so, or nine matches, I think, in like three days. He's so humble about it. Like we interviewed him shortly after uh, WrestleMania weekend, and I was like, he did like twenty matches over this weekend he's like well now calm down call his, his sweet canadian accent he's like calm down calm down now like yeah yeah he's like it was it was only like nine matches in three days like we don't have to over exaggerate it was already a lot i was like, you're right mike it was only nine matches against these people it was not 20 sorry sorry mike bailey the nicest person in the world to be mike bailey yeah spring breaks bananas though uh yeah joey janela versus kota ibushi 
so Kota Ibushi's two matches are we've got you know between that and the collective or between Bloodsport and Spring Break. And then also uh, another one that was announced uh, is the East West Express, Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne taking on the Motor City Machine Guns for the GCW tag titles. That's going to be great. Uh, that, that'll be another awesome match. Uh, Maki Death Kill, which is Maki Ito and Nick Gage, will be taking on Bussy at this show. I, yeah, Vikingo and Speedball. Oh my god. I'm really glad that uh, Jordan Oliver got his match against Motor City Machine Guns. He said that he really <laughs> he really wanted that. Um, so it's, it's really nice that him and Nick Wayne get that match against them. Yeah. That's going to be... Yeah, he's talked about how Alex Shelley is like kind of taking him under his wing. So really look forward to that match. Yeah, that one actually too had a... That one's kind of been a long time coming because there was a yeah. triple threat at a GCW show in Detroit uh, a few months ago now. And you had... Uh, Alex Shelley versus Nick Wayne versus Jordan Oliver in this triple threat in Detroit. And at the end of the match, uh, Alex Shelley was, these guys in the future, they're amazing. I got to have a match with them, with Chris Saban, you know, ask the crowd, what do you think? And of course, everyone's like, yeah, fuck yeah, we want to see that. Why wouldn't we? We're not dumb. But, and then Sunday, or Saturday, sorry. You see, I got the days mixed up like crazy. I'm so bad with calendars, it's insane, Jeremy. Uh, Sunday, though, another good day. Uh, Gringo Loco's World on Lucha is technically on Sunday because it starts at like 3 a.m. Eastern. Uh, and that that one's got, you know, again, if you like all the insane Lucha shit. Got Laredo Kid versus Vikingo on this one. Uh, this guy, Tony Deppin, taking on Negro Casas. So... Look out for Lucha Tony Deppin. He's trying to get on the show every year. Uh, the Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame is on the Sunday. Uh, inductees include Chris, uh, Christopher Daniels, Excalibur, cheerleader Melissa. I can't remember everyone else because I didn't. Mike, Mike Modest. Uh, Thank you. Mike Modest is, is the other one. Um, and then there's one more who I'm also blanking. Yeah. On. And then, of course, on Sunday or on Saturday as well is uh, Effie's Big Gate Brunch. Uh, we talked to Effie on Indeed a couple weeks ago. Go watch the interview. You'll get a lot of great info on the history of Big Gay Brunch, as well as, you know, booking the show, his thoughts on the Indies, thoughts on, you know, maybe some WrestleMania participants. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely didn't say anything wild and or unhinged at all during the interview. Definitely uh, didn't say anything about Cody Rhodes and his no, run. No, he like definitely that. didn't. Uh, Paul London uh, is the other person going into the uh, Indie Hall of Fame. Thank you. Uh, Yes, thank you. And, uh, yeah, Big Gay Brunch, you've got uh, Steph DeLandria versus Santa Moon. That was my alarm for my meeting at work. That that was my alarm for my afternoon meeting at work that I would have had today, but I'm not at work today. (laughs) Uh, Kid Bandit is going to get tossed around by Sawyer Rack at Big Gay Brunch. Uh, you got Thrussy, which is Bussy plus Dark Sheep, taking on uh, Charles Mason, Perro, and Billy Dixon. Yeah. Take your pick. There's like a bajillion shows on this week. You need I, you need three sets of eyes to watch it all, or a very free early part of next week to catch up on all the replays. Uh, I've subscribed to two additional services beyond what I would normally pay for, so I could actually get all these VODs available to me. It's going to be why- crazy. Last one for you before I let you go. Uh, and I know this is a difficult one to, to narrow it down, but one person 
coming out of this weekend that everybody's just gonna gonna be talking about. And it could be a name we already know, or it could be someone who hey, we don't know quite as well, but mm. everybody's gonna be talking about this person coming out this weekend. You know, just tough because like normally you'd say it was gonna be someone who's on multiple it's probably the king out, honestly. If I had like just for for as many different shows that he's on, or you know, alternatively, Kota Ibushi, depending on what this new style that he's apparently going to be, you know, trying to lean more into ends up looking like, you know, between those Bushi, when Kota Ibushi wrecks Mike Bailey's face with elbows, it's everybody's going to be talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Bailey is no longer one of the most handsome men in professional wrestling because Kota Ibushi just sliced him up with some elbows. That's what I mean. Like, Vikingo is wrestling on a large number of shows across a bunch of different networks. So there's going to be, like, like, even if people are only watching Fight or only watching High Spots or only ordering pay-per-views, everyone's still going to end up getting a chance to see him at some point. And he just does mind-blowing shit always. Yeah, Kota Ibushi, you know, bringing this allegedly, you know, more violent style with him. And then, of course, there's, like, the safe bet, too, of speedball. Mike Bailey is always a safe bet for putting on dynamic matches with any opponent, really. Him and Bandito, I think, last year was, you know, still stands out to me as, like, the match of the weekend from the Hitchcock Super Show. For sure, for sure. Mike, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, let everyone know where they can find you at and where they can support you at. Uh, yeah, well, you can catch me uh, with Righteous Reg most Wednesdays on Fightful Overbooked discussing indie wrestling. Uh, you know, give you some matches to check out every week, a gift of the week, let you know uh, what shows you can check out. You can find me on Twitter at Mike is Indie. Other than that, not up to much, but, you know, if you want to talk about wrestling with me, I'm always open to doing some shit, so getting my dms uh thanks for having me jeremy of course thank you for coming on thank you for talking about uh independent wrestling there is a lot a lot of independent wrestling this week everybody you can go to iwtv uh high spots tv fight plus fight tv there's just so much independent wrestling across a bunch of different streaming services and uh we'll try to cover it all that we can on fightful but whatever we don't cover the results or anything like that watch indeed with mike and reg they cover independent wrestling, not just for the biggest week of the year, but every single week out there on Indeed. Mike, thank you again for joining us. Uh, Everyone go check out Indeed. All right, everybody. One more topic to hit today. We've covered the saga of CM Punk. We have covered the world of independent wrestling during WrestleMania week. But WrestleMania week would not exist without WrestleMania, right? It's, It's a fact that whether you like it or not, You have to live with it. WrestleMania is the biggest show of the weekend. It's why everyone gathers in this one spot for the weekend. And it is the first WrestleMania under this person, under the the person who is the favorite booker of my next guest. I'm pretty sure he believes this man is the booker of the year, the booker of the century for this person. It is SV3 to praise the great Triple H Paul Levesque, how you doing, buddy? I am here to preach the gospel of Paul Levesque, uh, Terror Rising, uh, Hunter Hearst Hemsley, Triple H, The Game, The Cerebral Assassin, The King of Kings. 
Um, a lot of nicknames. A lot of nicknames. A lot of different <laughs> different monikers he's been under. But yes, I am here to talk all about. I mean, everybody else got the good topics. Like you got to talk about, you know, how how all Chicago fills are haters and petty. <laughs> we got to talk about, you know, how how uh, independent wrestling is going to be thriving, going to be so strong this week. I wanted to talk with Mike Mike from Indeed about in, indie mania, but you got me here talking about Claude Paul. And and him and him having the band, the black band, like it's the Titanic. Like nothing's going on, guys. The ship's not going down. We got the black band playing. Don't worry, everything's all right. And that black band is called the Bloodline. While everything else is is fire going on. Everybody's burning. Everybody's drowning. But he's just like the black band is still going to play while everything's going down. Well, SP3, I wanted you on to talk WrestleMania because, you know, we do a silly show on this channel every Tuesday called Tag Talk. Uh, that won't make sense to anybody unless they are unless they do watch our silly show or if they're 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 on video right now. They see the background popped up. Uh, we do our silly show every Tuesday. That is no wrestling talk, but we alluded to a little bit of wrestling talk last week. And we don't we honestly together we don't talk a lot of wrestling. I know you thank you for filling in on the spotlight uh, last week while I was away, but we don't talk a lot of wrestling more together. So I wanted to talk to you about wrestling and I wanted to talk to you about, as I said, it is none of this possible without WrestleMania, right? You, you got to admit it. Like all of yeah. these companies coming, converging on this weekend, it doesn't happen if WrestleMania isn't as big as it has become. And then all of these independent shows come in and they've helped make this entire week that much bigger but it doesn't happen without wrestlemania and i want to talk to you because now i can openly and freely on this show talk about uh mr triple h and his booking with someone this is a uh plan by me someone who agrees with me uh because i actually i took this uh this take from you because i agreed with you man you know when triple h got power everyone was like can't wait to see what wrestlemania is gonna look like with triple h just oh man just can't wait to see what he's gonna do rumble season wrestlemania season first wrestlemania it's gonna be so great under triple h if you had told me that the other person was still booking the show and it was not triple h i'd be like yeah (laughs) I, i believe it here's a thrown together brock lesnar match that doesn't seem like it makes a whole lot of sense but it's almost so we love almost we love our big tall guy here's the women just like kind of there but not really doing a whole lot and here's showcase matches for tag team wrestling um here's here's the same story with oscar and bianca that we literally saw two years ago with bianca and she shall who shall not be named by wwe because they can't say it it's the same stuff. There's nothing. The 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 stuff I will give Triple H credit for is the bloodline, which I don't give him too much credit for because that's largely Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns pulling the strings on what they're going to do there. But at the end of the day, if he wanted to nix a lot of stuff, he probably could. He is at least smart enough to be like, whatever you guys want to do, go for it. I think the Ray and Dominic stuff, that has been a very long burn and that has been very good and paced very well. And I imagine he is, his hands have been very much in that pot. So I, I give him credit for that storyline 
as well. These other ones, I ain't feeling a lot of this stuff outside of, hey, it's WrestleMania and it'll be good, but the, the build just hasn't like hit me. Uh, you know, is there anything, am I, am I being too harsh? I know you're probably the wrong person to ask about this, but like, is there something of like, you know what, this is actually good. Let's, let's give credit to, to this when it comes to WrestleMania. You have to realize that I felt like I was screaming into a void for like four to five months now because I gave Triple H. I was like, I give him credit two months, three months in. I was like, he was able to jump over the bar that was in the center of the earth that was set by his daddy in law. (laughs) And he was doing better than him. He had more wrestling. He, you know, fleshed out uh, some stuff, gave people back their older roles. Kevin Owens to the prize fighter, Nikki Cross to the sanity version uh you know oscar becoming kana again uh pipe uh dewdrop becoming piper niven again all this good stuff it was good it was all fine and dandy but once we got into wrestlemania season i tell you when i really was just like all right i gotta turn up my criticism because my criticism was very minor i was nitpicking stuff but i was just like okay overall though he's got one of the best storylines going of all time in wwe history with the bloodline i couldn't give him that much credit because i've said it once i'll say it before we have to give equal amounts of credit to triple h and to Vince McMahon, because Vince McMahon set the table for him, and he was the first one that was just like, Paul, Roman, do what you want to do. <laughs> and that, 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 that's more astonishing that Vince did that more than Triple H. Triple H is understandable that he was like, Paul, Roman, pace it however you want to do, do what you want to do. That's understandable, and that was expected. But for Vince to start this two years ago before triple h ever came into power that's why i said they deserve equal amounts of credit but most of the credit i agree with you goes to paul Heyman and roman reigns 100 of the credit i will give him for ray and dominic i said it on twitter earlier today that is his brainchild that's the big success of the triple h era but when Triple H came into power last summer, everybody was like, oh, it's Triple H. You know, you saw what he did with NXT. He's the he's the savior of women's wrestling. He, he is the, the Martin Luther King of women's wrestling. He can do it all. He can do it all. Tag team wrestling. You remember the Undisputed Era, uh, you know, memories. You remember DIY. You remember the revival. That was all Triple H. It's going to be all good for the tag team division. All good for the women's division. And he has done absolutely nothing with each of those divisions i actually have people argue with me saying that oh you know you know the tag team titles they the usos got both titles acting like you can't have tag team feuds without the titles involved you actually can do that i've seen it before i've seen it done you can actually do that and build up other tag teams so maybe this wrestlemania showcase would mean something but he hasn't done that. He's put some tag teams together. He's he's added more tag teams. Not a lot of them are over, but it is what it is. The women's division is the biggest thing. And I feel so vindicated that not only Jeremy is calling out Triple H, but Ronda Rousey is calling out Triple H and the nonsense that he has been doing with this women's division and the lack of creativity. I, I heard Kate say it before uh, over on uh, the Sour Grass podcast talking about NXT, but this goes across the board for WWE. How dare they call a whole department creative when they've done nothing creative with the women's division? They built up two people, and the logical thing to do was to put those two people in a match at WrestleMania. The two people that they built up in the entire Triple H era the past eight months is 
Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley. And the, the, the turning point for me turning up my criticism of Triple H is when he had the layup of Rhea Ripley picking Bianca Belair. And he was like, I'm just going to shoot this ball from half court. Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair. Oh, and everybody was like, oh, yeah, the story's there. We seen the story. They did this. They did it three years ago. We understand Triple H didn't like the result, but they did it three years ago. They did it again two years ago when they when Rhea won the Raw Women's Championship and she feuded with Charlotte Flair. They did that story, but no progression of that story at all. They had one brawl that got a reaction. Then this past week, we heard one of the worst Charlotte Flair promos of all time. Oh. Where where she she basically turned herself heel. It felt like I was listening to Soraya before Full Gear when she turned herself heel. It was the same thing with Charlotte Flair when she acknowledged those what chants and let them get to her and got booed. And all she got was woos as a result. That was horrible. Rhea Ripley, the heel that is thriving on the women's division, is facing heels on Monday Night Raw like Bailey. Don't get me started on damage control. Becky oh. Lynch. Becky Lynch is one of the most over women that they've ever had in the company. She's thrown into a, th a six six woman tag where she's the least most uh, the least person in her matchup that the people are going to be interested in because she has two Hall of Famers on her team. It's baffling how this is the same guy that booked NXT. And I said it on social media. I'll say it here. Maybe it was the fact that on NXT he could use Oscar one week take her off the next week, take her off the next week. Then she'll come back the, the week after that. And she could do the same thing, but it's been two week gap. So it makes sense. But the fact that he's had to book these people week after week, that's why we get Oscar doing the same thing with, with Bianca Belair four weeks in a row. I just, how, I just how, can't uh, believe this is the first WrestleMania under triple H. This is, this is astounding. Howell makes a good point here. I still think people need to compare NXT Triple H main roster Triple H to ROH Tony Khan, AW Tony Khan parallel. They 100% are because yeah. Triple H at the peak of like Triple H booking was when NXT was the one hour show taped. He could get it all bulk done. Didn't have to worry so much about you got to hit this commercial break. You got to hit this out. You got to worry about this time. You got to worry about this rating and this quarter hour and everything. And Tony Khan has, has said this. He said this in the press conference. Uh, LeBron Phil had uh, asked the question about the difference between ROH booking and AEW booking. Tony's like, yeah, like ROH is a lot simpler because I can just write down all these matches, do them, and not have to worry about so much. Where AEW, and this is the same thing with Triple H and WWE, is like, you got to hit this out. You got to hit this quarter hour. There's obviously a lot more like egos and stuff involved when it comes to this stuff too. main roster compared to NXT, especially around WrestleMania season. As far as Triple H goes, the women's division has been the biggest miss to me. The absolute biggest miss is the women's tag team titles. Like brought them back. Oh, great. Immediately botched with Aaliyah and Raquel Rodriguez winning yeah. for no reason absolutely no reason they're not even a team anymore Aaliyah's not even on the show i don't know what's up with her i hope she's well but like she she ain't even around anymore raquel is now teaming with Liv, who like was on fire at, at a point last year but now it's she's teaming with raquel um and then the the tag team titles they're on becky and lita which is great but they're not even defending on this show like it seemed like maybe they were going to do the two night thing becky kind of alluded to something in that weird interview uh that happened over the weekend maybe they do that they face the the showcase winner but the showcase thing is like hey here's these random teams we've thrown together i don't know if natalia is a face or a heel from week to week at this point 
here's Ronda and Shayna, who I imagine are going to win the showcase thing. So we get a Becky and Ronda match somewhat, but you know, not the match we wanted a few years ago. And now it's way cooled off to where, Hey, doesn't even matter at this point. Oh, that Charlotte and Rhea thing. So let's, let's, let's have a discussion about this. SB three. It seems like, it seems like that's going to be the night one main event. That's what it feels like they're leaning towards because as Dave put it politics, other people might put it just history. Oh, they, they didn't have women last year. So they need to do it this year. Oh, you want to have the rumble winners, whatever the reasoning might be. This is so stupid book your hottest stuff as your main event and your hottest stuff, clearly Roman and Cody, which will be the main event in night two. And then Uso, Sammy and Kevin, which yes. should be the main event of night one. I imagine that'll open night two, but it should close night one. And it's a complete misfire for that not to close because I don't think the people are invested that much in Rhea and Charlotte. And it seemed pretty obvious they weren't invested in it because they were wanting Charlotte on Friday. And you mentioned it. She's turned herself heel. Rhea, who's clearly a heel, clearly a jerk with Judgment Day and ruining Rey Mysterio's life and everything. All of a sudden, she's facing Bailey and Damage Control, who are also heels. This story is all over the place. Makes no sense. And the way they try to build interest to this, and people fall for it every single time. I see it all my time. They fall for it every time. Brawl. Big pull apart brawl. Nothing gets people riled up like that was a great segment than a big pull apart brawl. It's like you guys are blind by this. Like absolute blinded by just, oh, they're fighting each other and they need a bunch of people to pull them apart. Everyone's just like immediate thumbs up. This is great. This adds a lot of heat. It's like, no, it doesn't. It really doesn't. It's, I don't get it, but this is how they're trying to heat it up. Hey, look, Louis, I'm not even mad at this. You want Ray and Dom to main event? I'm cool with that. I wouldn't mind that at all. That pop Ray got when he hit that kid, oh, that was... That was bigger than anything else on SmackDown. So yeah, I ain't even I ain't even mad at that main eventing. It should still be the tag team title match, but pull apart brawl SP3. This is how this is how you heat up anything. This is this is the friggin' microwave, the pull apart brawl. This is how Tony Khan hates up stuff. This is how Triple H. <laughs> you remember when Triple H first got into power, what he would do like every week. We would have Riddle and Rollins having a brawl. Rollins and Cody had a brawl in there. So, like it, it's it's so it's so funny that people fall for it every single time. And that was the only way that this whole uh Charlotte and Rhea got a reaction. And Man, like, do do you know the crazy stat of that feud is that since winning at the Royal Rumble and announcing she's facing Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania, Rhea Ripley has had a total of four matches on TV or or on pay-per-view. She had two matches on SmackDown, the one match with Bailey on uh on Raw last week. She had uh, the two matches on SmackDown were against Liv Morgan and the I think it was the mixed tag match with her and Dom versus Santos and Zelina. And then of course she had the one loss which was at Elimination Chamber to the young upstarts of Edge and Beth Phoenix. So <laughs> She should have penned Edge. Jared Bailey mentioned that. She should have penned Edge. Uh, it's just like, dude, like, hey. and it's like, and it's like everybody's gonna be like, oh well, well, at least it's better than how Vince would have booked it. That should stop. That got it. That you are handicapping Triple H by that being the barometer, that but being the is, measuring stick. But this is honestly how people have learned to praise Triple H is 
all he had to do was jump over, as you pointed, the bar that was in the center of the earth. And people are like, Triple H is the greatest thing ever. Oh, he gave a name back? Oh, he changed a name? Oh, he brought this person back? That's all. He didn't actually do anything with any of this. D- don't get me started. There was started. no great explanation for some of this stuff. It was just like, he's this person again. Which don't is fine. Don't get me because- started. He, him with the people he brought back is like Shaq at the free throw line. Like, it has been the worst percentage I have ever... People wanted to talk about, oh, Tony Khan signs all these people, and they don't they don't always hit. Yeah, they don't always hit, but at least Tony Khan's like 50% from the free throw line. My man, Triple H, is like Shaq shooting threes. He's not even Shaq from the free throw line. He's Shaq shooting threes. He took 100, 100 threes in his career, and he's made like one. Like in his one that I, I could have said months ago was was the hit that of his whole re-signing is not even going to be on the card due to illness. And that's Bray Wyatt. And that jumped the shark at the Royal Rumble. So oh, literally tell me the one person that he signed that has been a success. Because I don't I don't know if I see it anymore. I know the people that he's called up or he's changed that has been a success. LA, you know, moving LA night from Max Dupree. That was a success. Calling Solo Sokoa up to the main roster. That was a success. Seth Rollins is a little bit more over than he was prior to Triple H coming in. Kevin Owens is the prize fighter. Sami Zayn has some focus. Those are all great, but Triple H has done so much better with the people that were already there in comparison to the people that he's brought back. It's it's a it is amazing to me that people don't make a bigger deal out of this. I was trying to uh, I was trying to see of like oh yeah who who is actually working for for Triple H that he has brought back and looking at the card and I'm like wait a second like none of these people are just people that he brought back like Dakota is the only one that was like a rehire maybe kind of sort of EO, but you know, not, not fully EO because she wasn't officially gone, gone like Dakota was, um, you know, Dakota is the only person that was like a rehire that is actually on this card. Your, your Gargano's your carrying crosses. Remember he came in and was like immediately in the title picture too. Uh, I love the excuse was, oh, he didn't bring all these people back to be main eventers. My dude, you brought him back in a segment with Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. What are you talking about? You were trying to make him a main eventer, and it didn't work. Just say it didn't work. I mean, Braun, Braun is there in the, the showcase with, with Ricochet, which it feels like even Braun, like I'm not the biggest Braun guy in the world, but like like he could be, he beat almost. We need the shoot fight between Brock and Omos, or Brock and uh, Braun. That's what we he, need stemming from the Rumble so, a few years ago. He was so over when you when he brought him back too. He was all really, these guys were. He was getting big pops, but he was a little. It was a little longer for Braun, and then yeah. they just said, eh, eh, you know, all, we'll, we'll just put him in these, the mid card." All of these guys got big pops when when they got brought back. Like Gargano, man, he's unrecognizable with with what he's doing right now is just he doesn't get any reaction unfortunately i like johnny gargano loomis just it's uh bronson reed is allegedly still with the company doing stuff and, and things there's like stop and start stuff with ali it's just misses it's just misses sp3 just misses. It's misses. 
I mean, anyway, hey, watch WrestleMania got, this weekend, too, buddy. <laughs> three out of twelve matches. I'm interested in. At least he got that. Well, no, four four out of twelve matches because I like the okay. IC the IC three way, the IC okay, three way, the two bloodlines, yeah. and Dom and Rick. Those are the matches I'm interested. in. I the Intercontinental Title three way is going to be really good. I don't think there's any doubt yeah. about that. Three just excellent professional wrestlers. The build to this hasn't like lit my world on fire. Uh, the, Look, it's largely Gunther is great and he's held the title for a long time, which is completely fine by me. Sheamus and Drew and their bang bros, but now they're not banging bros uh, type of thing is it, it doesn't like completely hook me into anything. I hated, hated, hate because it was so predictable. The the finish of, oh, it's a singles match. And now, oh, let's we're all going to attack you and do a DQ. And now it's a triple threat match. Would have honestly much preferred, much preferred if they did that four way and Sheamus and McIntyre won the same way. And then Gunther was like, I don't give a shit. I'll, I'll beat the hell out of both these men. They both want this title. Come on, let's, let's do this. Like Gunther feels like he should be a badass and just be like, yeah, triple threat match. I'm fine with that. Uh, but you know, they, they went the direction that they went. I guess triple threat matches are not sacred while singles matches are. Maybe that's Gunther's argument of everything. The, but the match should be great. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm very much looking forward to that match the rest of it there's some good stuff it'll be good right like yeah everybody nowadays is just a good professional wrestler there's nobody like if you're not good like you really stand out that you're not good but as far as like hooks and what you're saying man let this finn balor edge thing this finn balor edge i sometimes forget that's on the card (laughs) you should because it's been going on for a year now and i don't feel like it's progressed anywhere We've had Edge beat Balor in the tag match. Balor beat him in in the I Quit match and everything. I've had no interest in this. Edge has been doing the same thing for a year. Demon Finn's gonna return. Cool, whatever. Like it ain't it ain't hitting me with me that much. It ain't hit with me. I mean, I, I'm just hopeful that Finn can finally win in this feud because like. I love the the Edge promo that set up He's this not. matchup where he talked about all the, the evil things Judgment Day did to him. And all it was was the Extreme Rules match where they hit his wife with a concerto and he yeah. said, I quit. But he already got revenge with for that when he eliminated them from the Royal Rumble and then beat them in the mixed tag match. Like, it was just like, dude, you, you've won already. What are you the one challenging they kicked him. They kicked him out of Judgment Day. They kicked him out, though. It doesn't help that he's, I mean, whatever, kayfabe's dead. But, you know, they kicked him out of Judgment Day. He should be really mad about this. And then he's doing out-of-character interviews of, like, Judgment Day's great without me. It was honestly a terrible idea because everybody wanted to cheer me anyway. So they're doing fine without me. I mean, those promos were bad when he was trying to get uh, hometown oh, heat. awful. Oh, man. Head, his his floating head promo this past week was the worst thing I've ever seen. That was what was happening with that? I've never been an edge guy. I, I know Will Washington talks about always being Christian. I, I've always said Christian was better. Check, check the tapes Same. on that one years ago uh, with Christian being better, man. This edge stuff is, yeah, exactly. Look, the, this edge stuff, not for me at all. Not for me at all. Yeah, it, it, it it's sad. It's sad. I, I was so happy to see Edge back in January 2020, but man, they have not done much with him. He spent a whole year injured and in a feud with Randy Orton, 
Then he spent a, a six to seven months feuding with Roman Reigns, coming back, leaving, coming back again. Then he spent three, four months with Seth Rollins, which was the peak of his whole return run. And now he spent the whole year feuding with Judgment Day. We got uh, we got the great John Cena. He's back. We got Logan Paul. There's your two celebrities, uh, two celebrity matches for for the event. Do we think John Cena wins? Do we think John Cena wins this match? The only reason that I have pause because I was really just like, all right, I, I definitely think Austin Theory is gonna have to win this after Cena verbally pulled his pants down and nah, said he had a little dick. Um, <laughs> but. I was like, I, I after they made it the the night one opener, it makes me believe that there's a chance that John Cena is going to win this, and then they'll probably transition it to maybe someone new debuting or someone getting called up on the Raw after. John Cena should win. Triple H has been very cowardly with his booking because he didn't put the title on Sami Zayn, which he should have 100% yes. done. Caden uh, makes a good point. Uh, Cena's winning, dropping the title, Switchblade on Raw after Mania. I don't know if Jay White's coming in, but if you want to make Jay White mean something immediately, you haven't beat John Cena on his first night. I, I don't know if it will be Switchblade. I do agree with both of you. Cena should win. Do the open challenge. Here's here's what they should do, SP3. Cena wins. Do the open challenge. Austin Theory answers the open challenge, right? Cena beats him in then three seconds because who cares about Austin Theory? And then we get a real challenger coming out, and that person beats John Cena. They, whether it's Jay White, whether it's Carmelo Hayes, if you want to call him up, even though I think he's going to win NXT title, uh, if yeah. you want to, I think it's like, Braun Breaker. Call, yeah, Braun Breaker. Whatever you want to do, whoever the person is that you want to bring up uh, in that position or bring out in that position to beat John Cena, bury Austin Theory a little bit more first. <laughs> Just have him lose at Mania, competitive, yeah, competitive match, and then Raw. Monday, Raw after Mania, come out again, answer the challenge, and then lose a non-competitive match. That's what I want. I mean, hey, I'd be all here for it because, man, I'll never forgive Triple H for it. He had another – I can't I can't go into how many layups, how many slam dunks Triple H had. And he just decided to pull up from half court. Like he is he is Carlton in Fresh Prince of Bel Air, the way he's been shooting these shots. Like you had you wanted to split the titles. Well, you had the idiot Austin Theory character have the money in the bank. You could have just had him cash in on one title, set up both titles, and then that's how you separate the titles. You have a babyface pin him instead of pitting Roman and then separate the title. No, he didn't do that, and we got the worst cash-in of all time because idiot yeah, Austin Theory cashed in on a mid-card title that was in an open challenge that he could have just accepted. He didn't need to use. That's fine, his... though. No, it's oh, not. This was, this was great. It's not. None this of this is great. <laughs> no, SV3, it led to this new heelish Austin Theory where he's not going to take any grief from anybody anymore. He's got this edge to him. They love the they love the edge to the characters. They love the edge as well. And I was fine with that. Let Austin Theory fail. I, and then, I'm, and then I'm, John Cena just ruined all that work. <laughs> oh, John Cena wrecked that man. Wrecked him. Just and you know what? If Austin Theory does win, by the way, and he does have to come out there the Raw after Monday, and he's got to give his promo, and the crowd's most likely going to very heavily boo him. I don't know if he gets wanted. 
I feel like he might just succumb like Charlotte Flair did. At least he's a heel already, so he's not just uh, switching in the middle of the his promo. Man, Austin Theory just doesn't look like super comfortable on on the mic in front of the live crowd. And maybe it's because he was out there with John Cena. Like that's going to intimidate everybody. But I noticed it the week before Cena came back and I said it, I was like, you're going to put this guy out there with a live mic with John Cena. It ain't going to go well for him. And it didn't because he didn't look comfortable just in a backstage segment, just talking about Cena. Couldn't imagine what actually was going to happen when he was going to be face to face with Cena. And it didn't, didn't work at all. Uh, Logan Paul here decim- here's decimated. <laughs> here's here's one. Here's another one for you guys right there. Okay. Cena wins open challenge. Logan Paul answers the open challenge. Logan Paul defeats John Cena on Raw. You get the US title on impulsive. He's going to all these whatever events. He's carrying around that US title and everything. I feel like they might do Logan Paul John Cena at some point. I don't know if you need the US title, but there, there's my there's another just random throw it out there idea. I think that's that's SummerSlam. SummerSlam, they do Logan yeah. Paul versus John Cena, and then and then that's where Cena is going to put over the fresh young talent of Logan Paul. Logan Paul, the future undisputed champion. Um, can't wait for it. Can't wait. But I I think Logan Paul and uh, Seth Rollins has actually been pretty decent uh, feud, and I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if Logan Paul wins. But I think Seth Seth's going to have Seth to win after win. taking. Taking so much uh, crap, this whole buildup. Bless Seth Rollins for selling that just awful-looking right hand the way he sells it. Uh, it looks so bad, but yeah, Seth Seth sells it like he's been concussed. So Seth is one of the best. Anybody who hates Seth, I don't get it. Uh, yeah, he's he's doing he's doing God's work by by uh, carrying that Logan Paul feud. Um, anything else from WrestleMania? And we didn't get into like the, the Cody and Roman stuff. We Cody's winning. I mean, right? Yeah, I mean that, that, that seems pretty obvious. I would love yeah. for for the the Twitter outrage if Roman Reigns was able to win and get me to May twenty seventh because May twenty seventh I marked it on my calendars. That's that I'm looking forward to May twenty seventh even more than I'm looking to, forward to May eighteenth, my birthday, May twenty seventh, when Roman Reigns becomes the a thousand day champion because I've never oh, been man. able to see that. I, I was like one years old when Hulk Hogan lost his they lost his a thousand day rain so i wasn't i wasn't able to see it with my own eyes i need to see the a thousand days but no cody's gonna win hooray for cody he solved racism he he solved friendship and now he gets to win the championship with no adversity at all this is so unlike cody's whole story whole story is about him it's been him overcoming adversity, and now he just gets this red carpet to the Undisputed Universal Championship. This is just so the antithesis of how Cody got here. It just baffles me as someone that I was a Cody fan until he flipped me off at <laughs> Manhattan Mayhem 2017 in Ring of Honor. I will always mark that down because I got reminded that was the paper, that was the show that he flipped me off in the front row after giving two sweets to other people of a lighter complexion but we won't get into that but cody's this hurts you so bad this hurts you so much (laughs) i let it go after all in i let it go after all in but you people brought it all back to me brought it all back to me uh but yeah cody's gonna win um i think i think like you said before i think it's a shame what they've done to bianca belair who they've built up as this 
female John Cena, and then she has a nothing feud going into WrestleMania, but she will deliver with Asuka. Yes. I think she retains uh, at the show. And yeah, I think that's that's pretty much all the and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn as someone that watched them in 2007 in Ring of Honor with a, with a couple of hundred other New Yorkers and I watched the feud in front of me that set, that really put them on the map with them and the Briscoes and just a few months after Jay Briscoe passes away, they're going to finally win the WWE Tag Team Championships. I think it would be magic if they did it with a Doomsday Device or the J Driller. So give me that give me that give me that tribute because jay briscoe was so important to their journey i would love that as a little added bonus or the package power driver into the brain buster which used to be scenarios finisher in roh i think that i think they bust that out i do think they actually uh bust out the, the roh finish maybe the doomsday device maybe see them go on that route because they they can play it off to the the bigger audience as it's a it's a LOD move, but if you know, you know that it's uh it's a Briscoe's tribute and maybe a little bit LOD tribute as well. Um, all right, SP3, thanks for joining us, buddy. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you at. You can find me on the Twitter machine at True Hill SP3. Go to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. My new interview with Impact Wrestling World Tag Team Champion Chris Bay is up. One of my f- the funnest times I've had in an interview. Like I have two back to back interviews with Chris Bay and Trey Miguel, and it just felt like I was talking to two of my friends. But the Chris Bay interview is very good because we talk about him being the first African American in the Bullet Club. He said he wants to get a bust out chain version of the Bullet Club because. <laughs> that's what we would do so impact get on that so check out that interview it's up right now and i'll be back here on fightful overbook tomorrow morning special time 9 30 a.m eastern time uh me and jeremy talking everything but wrestling so cherish this moment where we do talk about wrestling on this channel yes there's gonna be a lot of wrestling talk that you're gonna hear from everybody in the world of wrestling over the next uh week week plus with the fallout and everything so sp3 and i are gonna bring a little levity to the the world of wrestling by not speaking about it at all on on that show because it's the one time a week we get together to just put the wrestling behind us we we're in this bubble so often we like to get into our trash reality tv uh an nba bubble uh sp3 will respond to phil Lindsay and his comments made on this show today tomorrow on fmc there's a possibility if phil is around he will be on the show tomorrow as well i'm not gonna surprise you i'm letting you know right now if phil's in the chat tomorrow i will bring him on and you guys can have your lebron james debate whatever it is that was a bad loss yesterday it was it was and i said i said it was because we were trying to integrate lebron back see i'm nothing but honest about lebron i am unbiased unlike phil Lindsay. Phil Lindsay is established. He put out a whole post. Oh, I don't believe this. I was like, yes, known LeBron hater. Phil Lindsay doesn't believe something LeBron said. Color me shocked. <laughs> Guys, thanks for joining us uh, today. Thank you to, to all of my guests from Will Washington, who popped on out of nowhere to defend his child from BTE editing and show us his dishes. Uh, from Caden, who is as useless as he always is. From Sean Ross Sapp, who he was... He didn't do much on this show. I don't know why he came on this show today either. Uh, Phil and Kate talking CM Punk. uh, Mike talking Independent Mania Weekend and Week. And SV3 talking some WrestleMania. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I mentioned that 
you know, I had this idea to do a wrestling radio show kind of thing. I don't think I could pull it off daily, but you know what? To something maybe every other day I could possibly do, bring in a bunch of my, my friends, bring in some wrestlers, kind of do a, a sports talk wrestling show. We'll see what happens. Let's get through Mania Week first because it's about to be a very busy week for myself, for SP3, for everyone over at Fightful. And hopefully, if you're not just working tirelessly like we are, you're enjoying all the wrestling that is uh, going on. Cause I know even though we have a lot of work to do SB3, we are also going to take time to just enjoy how blessed we are to cover professional wrestling and just celebrate this week as wrestling is celebrated throughout this week. Guys, thank you for all the support. Thank you for the super chats. Uh, leave us a thumbs up on the video. If you're watching on demand, uh, leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast, please. Uh, and thank, thank you for everything. Keep it locked to Fightful Overbooked. Keep it locked to Fightful. Go check out True Hill Heat. Go check out the YouTube channel. All right, everybody. We love SP3 over here. SP3 and I will be back tomorrow talking not wrestling. Otherwise, a lot of wrestling talk this week. Enjoy WrestleMania week, everybody. Bye, everyone.